Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're, you're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome in the audio stuff. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there, and you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. Oh, my God. Oh, uh-oh. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. Welcome, everybody, to the session, the all-new session. How new is it? It's pretty all-new. I mean, uh, there's some new things out there, and then, then there's this. Wait. That's how new it is. Who's, whose voice was that? It wasn't mine. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah! <laughs> How's everybody doing? Welcome to the session, and that's our new intro. What do you guys think? Sounds pretty good. Told you it was coming this year. Everyone likes it except Haggerty. He says it sucks. Throw it out. <laughs> Is that right? Yep. Ah, well, throw Haggerty out, that jerk. I would. Ah, oh. how about that voice in there, man? That guy's uh, no. That guy's got the he's old golden <laughs> <Good> voice. <laughs> I like it. It gets me pumped. Yeah, it's I, good. Man. You know, I kind of feel revitalized. We needed a new, uh, I don't know, just a new something. Going on, you know? Yeah. Can't get a new producer. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> so, Sorry, Jim. I thought we ought to just, uh, you know, just revamp things a little bit. The old, uh, the, you know, it was like some of the words in the old uh, intro were like, you know, get ready for an all new experience. And that's not, it's pretty much not new anymore. No, it's yeah. not. No. <laughs> it was like the third year you've been experiencing it, so. Uh, hey, get drunk enough, it's new every week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dr. Scott back in the studio with us. Yeah, I had to crawl here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started on Thursday, and I just made it. I got a lot to talk, a lot to ask you, talk to you about. Yeah, uh, cool. First of all, how it go getting out of the house to come here today? That wasn't bad. I kind of primed her. It was bad last week. <laughs> last week was hard. I almost made it last week and it uh, got a little ugly. So right. I decided just to back down and push for this week. And she was cool this week? It wasn't like, uh, you know, you better get your ass back quickly or anything like that? No, it was what time are you coming back? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
See, at least your excuse now could be like we had to pick Doc up. Uh, Shuma nah. went and picked Doc up, so now you could be like, "Hey, I I don't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> and only go home when uh. they when they take me home." Yeah, so. that won't get me off the hook. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, we got to tread lightly with you for a while. I think it'd be best that way. <laughs> now, also, uh, no drinking for Doc this yep. week. Yeah, I've been drinking for three weeks. Yeah, is it because of the meds? Yeah. Yeah, he, definitely. Do you get loopy if you do both? Uh, I tried. Uh, I had a half a beer last night. Yeah. Um, and I just fell asleep. I mean, just instantly. <laughs> so, I and uh, I'm not going to go off the pain meds. I'll tell you that. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> You're not going to sacrifice to have a good beer, right? Yeah. Have you had have uh, the pain meds worn off? Like you've forgotten to take another one and found out how painful it is not. Yeah. To you, well, usually you wake up about three thirty in the morning screaming. Oh. It's just it's just on fire. So I, I can't get to the pill bottle fast enough. <laughs> what meds they got you on? Uh, Percocets, and I've got some Dilaudids, too. <laughs> Is that like a little cocktail? Uh, no, no, it's either either or. I see. Of. Maybe, uh, you know, for Doc... Right. We should, in- instead of us drinking for the show, we should all take his meds as well. We should all eat meds. So that we're all on the same page as Doc. You know, I mean, yeah. just for Doc. A whole new experience. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that goes, would be a new experience. Goes with our uh, <laughs> our new intro. Hey, guys, I can't feel myself drooling. <laughs> you are, man. Let me tell you. You're drooling. <laughs> You're definitely yeah. drooling. How great would the show be about cool. two hours into yeah. it if we all took perks now? Yeah. If you think you hated uh, uh, Talk you about know, a, dead silence uh, now... <laughs> Talk about a meltdown. Yeah, wait till we're all high as kites and there's nothing's going on. I would love it. Uh, like that, that, that you and be, nobody else. It'd be, the, <laughs> it'd be the only time I would probably enjoy uh, dead air. Yeah, I'd just be sitting here going, "This is yeah, nice. This is cool, man. It's quiet." <laughs> Last shh, time, shh, 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 just be quiet. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. Yeah. Hey, I got a new game. It's called the Quiet. Yeah, it's called everybody shut up. <laughs> Last time I was on, uh, I took Vicodin. I don't remember what the purpose was. You were about to say Viagra. Last uh, time I took Viagra. Uh, last time I took Vicodin, uh, you know, about two hours or so after I took it, I just found myself kind of staring off into the distance. And just at that time, I was thinking to myself how the Vicodin, it wasn't working. <laughs> and then I went, well, wait a minute. You are staring off at nothing. And you've been doing it for 20 minutes now. I'm pretty sure the Vicodin's actually but working. But it's not affecting you in any way. <laughs> no. I think I was, yeah, kind of a weird thing. But, uh, all right. So no beer for Doc today. But that's all right. We do have an interesting show. This is the uh, Kicking It Old School show. Oh. Yeah, you like that, huh? JP? Why? Well, uh, we're going old school. It is a, it's only a homebrew show today. We've been doing a lot of craft brew stuff for a long time, months even. Mm-hmm. And this one is strictly homebrew, kicking it old school like when we didn't have guests back in the old days and, uh, we would actually hash out a topic ourselves. And that's what we're doing with Doc today. And we're gonna cover his entire brew process. Cool. Shat and I were talking it over, and uh, Shat was pointing out to me, you know, we've always, we talk about various points of your brewing, Doc, but we've never really gone through, like, A to Z. And people okay. always ask us that, and they send us emails about, you know, uh, tell me about how Doc plans the thing and when he when he actually does the brew and the day. And So we're doing that today. We're going A to Z uh, with Doc's Brewing. Yeah, you need to, because you're going to be brewing with me, like, in a week. That's right. What are we doing, uh, next Monday? Yeah. All right, cool. Brewing for uh, Sam and Bevo's wedding oh, in, nice. in February. So uh, we got to get some beer for it. 
We what told you- him, uh, cause you know how poor Sam is. He's poorer than he, than me. And, uh, so we said, hey. Which is a good reason to start a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and he will be starting a family that night. Yeah. You can be sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we told me to brew a bunch of beer. You gotta brew beer for him too, Chef. Oh, definitely. What are you brewing for him? Uh, I'm not sure. No. Maybe an IPA. What huh? are you guys gonna make? Dortmunder. Yeah, Dortmunder expert. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight as our example when we go through Doc's Brew Day. Uh, so if you've got your copy of, of Brewing Classic Styles, you're going to want to get that handy when we start the next segment because uh, it is based off of Jamil's Dortmunder uh, recipe. So if you have your Classic Styles handy, grab that thing and uh, turn to the Dortmunder export page, which I think is page uh, 52. 54. 54. 54. Uh, so get ready with that. Uh, if you don't have Brewing Classic Styles, you should. You should be buying it. Uh, from our store and in fact uh, you can buy it in combination with uh, How to Brew and both of them will be signed it's your only way to get a signed copy of Classic Styles right now and you also get a signed copy of How to Brew and check this out so Palmer calls me and he sent me all these signed copies so we could sell them in the store here and he left me a message about a week ago he tells me there are five of those books that uh, have a special signature in them he didn't tell me what it is but a lot of them just have a regular signature. I think they say, welcome to the BN Army. Here's your field book. Like, here's your yeah. field guide. Brew yeah. strong. And then from John yeah. Palmer. <laughs> uh, but he said that there are five copies just randomly throughout. So I don't know who's going to get them. Uh, they will get an actual they're already They're hermetically sealed, so there's no way to look at them. That's huh? right. That's right. That's cool. So uh, go to our store, and you can do that. Get so you get the lucky one. Yeah. See if you, it's like getting the golden ticket, you know. I've got a golden ticket, <laughs> a golden twinkle in my eye. Now, uh, so uh, just uh, one last question uh, for you, Doc, about old ankle gate. Uh, people definitely want to know what how you explained your broken heel. Oh, the the official story. Mm-hmm. I I jumped down off of your retaining wall here onto the concrete patio and ah, cracked my heel. Gotcha. Now, didn't you tell that? To, didn't the doctor like say, "Is that really what happened?" Are you sure? Because usually, usually, he's getting people nowadays that are falling off ladders, putting up Christmas lights, doing the same thing. Ah, uh, and this guy's like one of only two people that fix the calcaneus in the whole area. I see. And uh, no, he goes, "Were you drinking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, not excessively at that point, but <laughs> I sure did afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that was the official. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, I got a little shit about it from the wife the night before last. I just don't see how that could happen. Was it? Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, freak accident. Yeah. See, the way I thought of it, because I thought that too. I mean, maybe the wife would kind of wonder what happened, but what else would happen? Like, she has no idea that there's a stripper pole here. Right. So it's kind of like, how could you not believe it? What else would have happened? <laughs> you know? No, it, it was totally a. a a pole malfunction. Yeah. And I mean, I was not hammered at that point where she would think that I was just coming over here getting three sheets to the wind every Sunday. Right. And why would I be climbing a pole when I'm that hammered? Right. When I wasn't. I was only doing it because you told me to. Yeah. And uh, you did it with gusto. Yeah. And then, and if the top part hadn't come unlatched like that, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. And then what would we be talking so, about? So I just don't want them reading more into it than what was actually there. So. Right. We've still got the pole, by the way. We didn't. We have not removed the pole no. from the studio. It's now kind of a badge of honor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. And now we know uh, for the future to tell our strippers to stay below the. Uh, no, I'm going to pin it. The so line. it won't come off. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I think Doc's angry with the pole. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I'd like to see Doc kind of you know put one hand on the pole and just kind of hop around it <laughs> with a crutch. <laughs> yeah. That's just kind of you know. Don't 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 let the pole win, man. Yeah. Now you oh, got yeah. a wheelchair now too, not just crutches. Yeah. Oh, a motorized one? No, just oh. so I can zip around. It's it's a lot easier if I'm going to be doing. Uh, things for a while where I'm sitting up the crutches kind of like make my leg hang and it makes it hurt how long you had to work uh, at least this and all next week and maybe the week after oh man so will it have been like a month uh-huh. by the time you go back yeah Damn Ouch. <laughs> yeah no kidding well not just to you but uh, all those uh, aching teeth out there yeah, well, uh. yeah. <laughs> sure can they'll save it up for me when I get back yeah I bet your staff's stoked, though. They get a paid vacation, right? No, well, I'm not paying them. Oh, you don't? No. I thought you'd have to because no. Like the one of my assistants wanted to, wanted these two weeks off anyway. Oh, so, perfect. Hey, hey, perfect for you. And the and the other one doesn't care, and the other one is part time. So uh, I still have the hygienist in the uh, front office working. So oh, they are working. Yeah. So there's people in there. They're taking phone calls and they're getting their teeth clean. And oh, stuff. okay. So it's still up and running. So as far as a lot of people know, nothing's going on. Oh, that's a better scenario than I thought. I thought they'd all be sitting home going, "Sweet doc, go ahead and take your time healing. Uh, we're getting paid anyway." Oh yeah. You know. Oh, that's good. So you got to up and run in a little. Yeah, bit. I got an extra twenty-five grand laying around just to let them sit around. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. You too? Because <laughs> I thought I was the only one. Yeah. All right, let's move on. A couple more announcements. Uh, we got to get to things. <clears throat> there was some. Uh, I got a bunch of emails this week about the uh, Brewing Network Awards. Our listeners thought they were fantastic. I got an email from all of the other. Uh, Oh, you're wondering about that if you're going to get from all the other podcasts. Like, each one of them individually <laughs> sent me an email. Really? I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't think, you know, the thing is, uh, <laughs> we nominated our set, like, the competition for Douche of the Year. I was nominated. I was. Doc was nominated. Yeah. And then every other podcast was nominated. And by the way, there are some that I should have excluded from that, like Beer School. And uh, maybe a couple others. Only because you see those guys a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I have to face No, because they, yeah. the, they didn't deserve the award. Yeah. Almost. So if you think about it, it took all of the shows together to be more douchey than me and Doc. So really, we were kind of... You see what I'm saying here? We threw ourselves in the insult pool. And I didn't really... I thought I was going to win. Yeah. I, I really it, did. It was tight. It was a tight competition. <laughs> So they all sent me emails that were, like, thanking me for the award, but definitely with a strong, sarcastic tone. As in, like, what does that really mean? (laughs) So, hey, I don't know. You know, the only kind of of publicity as bad is no publicity. That's right, man. People will go looking for you now to figure out what I'm talking about and whether it is, you know, whether you actually deserve the award. Or they didn't, they get pissed because they had to share it. They didn't. I, I don't know if they realized that they didn't that they won it collectively or not. They all said, you know, thanks so much. You send a, they want a plaque. They want me to send them a plaque. I would if I had one. You know, what would we put on that? I guess we'd put a douche on it. Yeah. You know what we should do is uh, everybody don't brush your teeth for a couple of days. Go into Doc's office for a cleaning. Have them scrape all the plaque off. Oh, put it in an envelope oh, and send it to There's them. your plaque. That's just mean. Yeah, but it's funny. Hey, I got people like that. You don't even have to ask them to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just thought I'd address it because I, di- I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was like a funny award to give out. Yeah. You know? 
and uh, I just did it in passing, and then I got emails all week long, every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> one by one? Yeah, you told me earlier that, and uh, I wonder if I'm going to hear from those guys. It's weird, because uh, I don't even know any of them. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, if you asked me what I, other pot, I would have no idea, but they uh, all know who we are. Yeah. it's Enough to listen to the show and know about it. Yeah. That's pretty good. You know which one is kind of interesting out there? There's one called... Uh, Lunch meat. <laughs> it's called Davis on Draft. They got a chick uh, co-host. Someone told me a long time ago. How come we don't ago. have one? I know. Well, someone told me a long time ago. They're like, hey, this chick co-host is really cool. You ought to steal her to replace Daniela with her. Oh, we could do but, it, too. Uh, I met them at GABF, actually. They're really nice. Uh, chick hot? The, she's really good looking. And What's this called? Uh, Let me look it up. It's called Davis on Draft. And they're cool, and they're young people, um, and I like to see that. I like to see young people getting involved in this kind of thing because, you know, they're the future of uh, homebrew and beer. So, anyway, that's how I give them a... Maybe I exclude them from the Douche of the Year Award, although I would like them to get an award, I guess. I yeah. I, don't take, I didn't even know they existed, so... take it away from them. They're kind of cool. All right. Anyway, so I just had to bring it up because I, wanted, <laughs> I figured people might be wondering about because I, I didn't even think about it, and apparently other people did think about it. So uh, there you go. That's uh, that update. Later on in the show, I do have a groundbreaking announcement to make. It is earth-shattering, and uh, you're going to want to stick around to hear that. Nobody here in the studio knows about it. I've not told anybody here. So Doc, you, you know, Doc doesn't know. JP doesn't know. Shat doesn't know. Groundbreaking announcement, so stick dun, around dun, dun. for that. Dun, 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 dun. All right, before moving on to feedback, uh, just a couple of announcements. Remember that the donation page is now up, and you can subscribe, so it makes it real easy. And it's everything from like 2 bucks to like $100 or some ridiculous thing that you shouldn't sign up for. But, um, you know, it's a great way to help us out, and a lot of you have been doing that, and I can't thank you enough. A lot of people sign up for donations, and I really, really appreciate that. It's going to keep this show alive and keep us doing new things. And um, Yeah, these meds aren't cheap. <laughs> yeah, Doc needs more perks. <laughs> Uh, there's also new items in the store if you uh, prefer to support that way. Uh, there's hoodies. Uh, I got uh, We're out of two X's, but I got more coming already. Uh, ordered them yesterday. Um, but there are shirts in there of all sizes. There are the books we talked about, the signed books, and other books, too. You can buy from us. Um, and I ordered hats on Friday. Those hats that we were talking about, all the Army ones, yeah. um, ordered them Friday. I'm told that uh, it's probably a couple weeks turnaround. I think we should have them uh, maybe the first show in February. Got to have a hat. Sweet. I got a couple different types of trucker hats and then a couple different types of Army hats. So uh, there'll be four different hats for you to choose from. You should be able to find something you like, and, and they're really cool. Uh, you can also sign up for the AHA through our store. It's the same price as doing it uh, over on their website, but it helps us out. And not only does it help us out because we get a portion of the proceeds, but obviously showing the AHA, uh, uh, the BN Army, in force and, and us signing up memberships uh, really endears us to the AHA. More than anything, um, they're they're nice people over there, and they like us already. But I think they'd like us a lot more if there were a bunch of memberships coming through. So it's uh, really just a, a great way to help yourself out because you get Zymergy magazine, you get discounts uh, at the pub, um, all sorts of different things, discounts to AHA events, and uh, you just really want to be an AHA member. Chat just signed up, eh? Oh yeah, you just get yours. Just got my card. Did you? The card right carrying. Do they have your picture on it or anything? No, no. just a number. You should be able to put your picture on it, like send in goofy pictures, you know, and put on your AHA card. Like Rogue. <laughs> like, like Rogue the Rogue that. cards, yeah. That'd be cool. 
So anyway, uh, do that through our store, AHA Memberships. Please, it helps us, helps you. Uh, show ideas, go to chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send it to that email address. Uh, that is the only way uh, that you're going to get your ideas heard about uh, shows that you'd like to hear. So send that to chad at thebrewingnetwork.com, and he will uh, ignore them accordingly. Like he's ignoring me right now. <clears throat> is he? Yeah. Dead jerk. All right, uh, let's do... Oh, uh, my God! You've got mail. Some feedback. Go ahead, JP. You can do uh, No, I was going to say uh, people want an intern update. Is this the semester? that Because uh, school started. Well, <laughs> now that we got Bevo kind of... Bevo's pretty permanent. She's not here this week, but... Oh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, how permanent is yeah, she? Yeah, but she's going to get married soon, and then the kind of thrill is gone. You know, then she could be in that whole sex thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll never see her again. We're going to get to hear <laughs> yeah, those stories, true. though. That'll be interesting. Um, really, you know Sam better than I do, and I'm not. I don't think it'll be interesting to hear about what <laughs> Sam does to her in the bedroom. I think it will because Sam's such a doofus. <laughs> it'll be really interesting. And then it was my armpit, and I didn't know what to tell him. I ju- it's just going to be a pain in the ass. I realized to get the intern because they they want me to write up a whole description, and and then I I don't know. It's oh, a whole you, it's you, a whole process. You have a producer. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm lucky I can get <laughs> Shat to bring us beer nowadays. I don't know what's with you, Shat. He's lazing around. There's no. beer. <laughs> there is beer. Uh, yeah, I don't I guess if I put it on Shat's lap, then maybe we'll have an intern. Uh, put the intern on my lap? Put the intern on Shat's oh. lap. All right. Uh, here is the first feedback of the week. Wow, I am amazed at your forum community. I'm a podcast listener, a lurker in the chat room when I can, and a bystander in the forum. I usually catch up the week after a show is on because I can't usually listen live, and I like the way you cats always get your digs in on each other, but when the dust settles, all your personalities fit to make a great show. Also like your choice of guests, whether they're funny, like the guys from Idaho, or informative, like the hot malt guys or the whites. I enjoy all three to four hours of your shows. Five hours last week, Doc. You're lucky you didn't come. It's a five-hour program last week. Yeah, my my wife says, how long have you been on the phone? I don't know. What do we have you on for, an hour and a half or something? Yeah, at least. (laughs) I go, I could could have them, you know, I could have them just sign me off at, you know, quarter to nine or eight thirty or whatever. It's just, you know, five, six minutes or five or ten minutes isn't going to matter one way or the other. Okay. And I come out of the room like an hour and a half later. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) All right. He says, having said that, after listening to most of last Sunday's show, he says, I was really irritated with your guest from Lodi uh, that I sat down to send an email and launch into what a mess I thought the interview was. But before I did, I was interested to see what the forum thought. And I couldn't believe how reasonable and patient they were. <laughs> he says, I don't think that these guys are knuckle-dragging mouth breathers ready to pounce at the slightest whim, but I couldn't believe that they were more tolerant than me. They actually slammed me or shamed me into not sending the email I was going to send. Send. There you go. Uh, he says uh, it reminds. The guy that started the thread. I don't know. I don't think so. Because uh, yeah, the guy that started the thread was in one direction, and that was the direction. And right. Everybody else, yeah, basically threw some warm water on him. Yeah, they kind of defended it. He says, uh, anyway, he says, it reminded me that homebrewers make up the best community around. Been brewing since 93, and uh, I, now I understand it's still made up of great uh, people. And then he says a bunch of nice things after that. Uh, yeah, there was some talk about the, the show last week. It was an interesting interview. You know, it was... Uh 
It was tough. It was a tough interview. Uh, you got to remember, these guys come in here and they've never done radio before. No one's. Yeah, we're you know making them sit down in front of a microphone, and uh, you know they're surrounded by a bunch of people hanging out in the studio. It's a bit nerve wracking if you're not used to that kind of forum. So, yeah, and especially in a click. I mean, it's a clicky. I don't know if it's clicky because I think we're all pretty accepting, but you come into a house when there's seven dudes who all know each other, yeah, and one lurking in the corner staring at me, yeah, and uh, that's listen, and it, it is, well, this thing and does you steam drink, roll you know? too. This thing does steamroll too. I mean, we, we're all on the on here. We all know what we're doing. We're talking, and yeah, you kind of come on into all this whole little circle. It can be yeah a little intimidating. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. So you pound a few beers and and you, you get all weird. Yeah, and then it, it, I will say it was weird that the guest just kind of disappeared later. My theory is he got hammered. I think he maybe got, he didn't realize he was uh, enjoying that many beverages, and uh, <laughs> before he knew it, he's like, "Wow, I better uh, go chill out somewhere before I make an ass of myself." So anyway, I thought Jason was a good guest, and I appreciate him coming on the show. I just wanted to point out because people were talking about it that you know. It's not always easy. Not everyone, it's not their cup of tea. And so it gets, it can get a little weird. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't get a chance to listen. I listened to the first part of the show and then when I called back and I, I missed out on his whole, uh, his whole presentation. Yeah. And, uh, and I've known J- Jason for a long time. Okay. So I've got a whole different perspective on him than anybody else. Right. You gotta say, no matter what, he came out of the interview. The guy is hyped up about beer. Oh, I mean, man. he is hyped yep. about beer, so you got to give him that. And does he still teach classes? Mm-hmm. Over, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, yeah. He, he teaches the all-grain class at uh, B3, and I've gone over it a couple of times, and it doesn't matter to him that people know nothing. And he's just he just looks like he's got a great face on him, and he just loves teaching beer. Yeah. I think he's doing it twice a month. He does well. He does the extract um, one month, and then the next, and then the next ah, month he does an all grain. That's right. Because you know he lives, you know, yeah, where, he where he lives, Woodland. I think he so. drives like two hours probably. To go yeah, to and this. so we had more classes when he was li- when he was living in Concord. But he moved out. He moved out. He's like, look, I really still want it. We don't pay him. Yeah, we give him, I think, a free kit. Oh, and so nice. he comes all the way down here to do that. And it's, I mean, the guy, the guy loves beer and he loves talking about it. I think it's just a little out of his element. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that. All right. Another uh, feedback here. Jay, thanks for the nominations. Oh, this is from Icky. Uh, thanks for the nominations <laughs> last night. It's an honor to have been chosen for such esteemed awards. See, no sarcasm in this one. This is a genuine thanks. It's a general <laughs> icky chasm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my congratulations uh, go to McDole and the dude who puked on the air. Yeah. Uh, there are there are none more deserving than these two of a BNA. It was great to meet McDole at NCHF. His brown is phenomenal. I look forward to more hoppiness with the influence of McDole on the show and on my brewing. How about that, Tasty? Tasty's well, now thanks, in Icky. studio with us, so uh, he likes you. Thanks, Dick. Hey, what's not to like about Tasty? Yeah. And thanks for liking my American Brown. It's one of my favorite beers. It's a good beer. You and I think alike. What'd you bring tonight, Tasty? Well, I'm uh, still packing that schooner <laughs> IPA. IPA. How much did you go buy from them, man? Uh, you know, two five-gallon cakes. Ten a week? My supplemental beer. Do you go there a, a week, week? <laughs> every week and get two five-gallon cakes? Well, I could. It's just out of the way, fortunately. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> fortunately. That's good IPA, though. 
Excellent. He goes on to say, my wife was listening in for the first time last night as I was nominated for Drunk of the Year. She was not impressed by the replay of the night I won Drunk of the Week. (laughs) But she was glad that I didn't win Drunk of the Year. It's hard to beat puking on the air. What a classic. Congrats, my BN friend. Well done. Looking forward to a great run of shows and some good times at the BN in 2008. With peace, Icky. So With peace? Yeah, he always says he's a peace guy. You hippie. <laughs> Go hug a tree. He's on it. You know, he's not the first one that said that. It's I've only ever gotten one nice email from a wife after someone earned Drunk of the Week. The rest I always hear, like, the wives are not proud when their husbands win Drunk of the Week. Sir, I know that MedTech's wife wasn't too proud that he won Drunk of the Year. <laughs> and I met her. I think it was... Uh, just before he won Drunk of the Year, we were when we were back east, and uh, yeah, she wasn't too proud of him. <laughs> I don't know what's what's with the wives. They're jerks. Um, here's another one. Uh, hey, Justin, just finished listening to the latest show with the BNA. So far, the best show of the year. Great. Uh, I heard about your experience <laughs> with Alexander Keith's IPA, and honestly, I'm surprised you enjoyed it, expecting an IPA. He says, I consider it macro swill after having Liberty Ale and some local craft brews. That's the Canadian beer I was talking about last week. Anyway, glad you like Keith's. It's the college kids' beer of choice around here. They've got a red, which is pretty good. I've had that one, too. And uh, I'm told there's a honey brown, but haven't seen it yet. So, um, yeah, he just wanted us to know that. And he sent me a song to play, which I'll try to play in another show. Yeah, that Alexander Keith's, I don't know, I guess it's like a mega swill, but it, it really wasn't bad. I thought it was a well-made beer. So, you Canadians, they're they're getting good beer up there in Canada. Last time I was there, lots of new and good micros uh, popping up. So, kudos to you guys. Everyone's got to have good beer. All right. So, as I told you, this is the uh, Kicking It Old School show. We are hanging out with Dr. Scott. We're going to talk about his brew day, and uh, we're going to be starting that when we come back. Doc's actually in a recliner at uh, tonight's show because yeah. he's got to keep his foot elevated. Speaking of kicking it old school, yeah. he's in a low rider. He's in a low rider. So, if Doc gets a little loopy tonight, uh, you know, cut him some slack. And if he falls asleep, he's just <laughs> real comfortable. You can't. Just comfortable. Uh, you know, what are you going to do about it? So. Uh, do I have to take that call before the break, or? Uh, yeah. All right. I think you should. Do I need to wait to know who it is, or just take um, it? No, just take it. Hey, caller, you on the air? Who's this? Hey, it's Sean Haggerty. How you doing? Haggerty, what's happening, brother? Hey, not a lot, man. Hey, last last week when you guys did the uh, the awards here, yeah, you guys said you lost track of MedTech. I, I gave him a call the other day here because I hadn't talked to him in forever. There. Yeah. Update for you. Great. What's up with MedTech? Well, uh, first off, he's a father now. I guess. Uh, Sometime after the the anniversary show, him and his wife had a child there, and he said he's been putting all his time and efforts into that. Wow, MedTech the dad. That's right. Yeah. Uh, she was pregnant when I met her. I remember that. So uh, yeah. a few months later. Okay. Wow. So MedTech's a pops now. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean that he quit brewing and drinking? Well, no, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it, I don't know if you've ever been to his site, like Top Hat Brewery or something like that. He's got like this fancy brewing setup in his basement. Yeah, I've seen that. He, um, He's got that thing still set up down there. He's, he's going to get back into it. He said he just uh, things are calling back down. He's about to jump back into it. So. All right, good. Yeah, he just vanished. That happens every now and then. Like Beer Pal vanished off the face of the earth on yeah. us, and now he's like back in the forum yeah. causing trouble again. Yeah. Uh, and MedTech, too. And it's always the guys that you don't expect to disappear, right? Yeah, they're coming like running full steam. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. It's like... Hey, where'd they go? Yeah, like Ozzy and and Med, like all these guys that you you just regulars and they just vanish. Well, he you know, too did the same thing. He ran away. Yeah, that's right. He just got busy working though, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I talked to him, too. There, He's, he's going to come back, he says. Uh, again, work's just been killing him. He had that surgery on his shoulders and whatnot. So yeah. He's, he's, they they all come back. Trust me. You yep. can't. Uh, you can only well, leave the womb for so long. If he's if he stopped home brewing, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of weird to be listening to this program and not getting a chance to home brew. It'd be frustrating. Absolutely. So that's probably why he stopped. He kind of dropped out. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you got rid of JP, a lot of these guys would hang around more. Oh, okay. Hey, you're a jerk. <laughs> hey, you're you're a right. jerk. You're right. <laughs> you might be right. You know, I couldn't let that pass. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in one man focus groups. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for the update, Haggerty. I appreciate it. All right, man. Later. Yep, bye. Cool. All right, uh, let's take a break and uh, get to the meat uh, when we come back. Hey, Haggerty, I hope you fall off a retaining wall. (laughs) Break your heel. Ouch. JP, it's not very nice. And don't wish that on anybody. Stick with us. Stocks Brew Day when we come back. It's the session in 2008. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Uh, Jamil John Palmer book, Brewing Classic Styles. If you've been waiting to get your autographed copy, that's it. They're out. They're gone. Did you miss your chance for a signed copy of Brewing Classic Styles? Well, this holiday season, the Homebrew Book of the Year meets the Homebrew Book of the Decade. And they're both signed. That's right. Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer and How to Brew by John Palmer are available for a very limited time this Christmas in the Brewing Network store. How to Brew is the book for first-time brewers and brewing veterans alike. Brewing Classic Styles is your recipe roadmap to a award-winning beer with specifics on every beer style in the BJCP guidelines. This limited package is now the only way to buy a signed copy of these legendary home brewing Bibles. Get your package before this offer runs out only at the Brewing Network store, your home brewing home for the holidays. Nun ist es wieder soweit. Die Herren bleiben sitzen. Die Damen lassen alle ihre Hemmungen fallen. Damenball! Wir sind wir, 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 wir
that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. I stink. Stinking myself up over here. Good thing you're over there. Can we build you a glass booth? (laughs) I would love a glass booth. Absolutely. Drank your sake Smelly last night. Smelly nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had, you had I, didn't given know, us, I, didn't, I didn't know it was still around. But. Well, you had given us two bottles. Uh, Shu yeah. and I went through one a long time ago, and then we went through uh, Actually, your other one last night also. Yeah. It was good. Have I given you three? Was there three? Schumann, did we have three? He gave me one a long time ago that I brought over. Gave you one? Oh, I see. Oh, whatever. Drank a bottle of your sake oh, last yeah, night. Good. I think How'd that's... How'd it go over? Until today, I'm stinking it up over here. It went uh, went well. You know, it wasn't as good as the first bottle we had. I remembered. Hmm. I warm. We warmed it up, and then we got it too warm. I almost yuked. <laughs> Took a shot of it. I almost yuked. You can't have it too hot. Like can't be hot. You know, is sake supposed to be hot? Only the best. For the stuff. most part, no. Uh-huh. Uh, the only small percentage of sake is actually drink. Hmm. You drink it warm. Most of it you drink just cold. regular? Colder, colder room temperature. Really? Uh, the sweet stuff you drink actually cold. So what is yours designed to be drunk? Pro- <laughs> uh, probably warm. Cause it's, warm. It's as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm by hold no means a sake maker. I just wanted to try to do it and make something drinkable, and yeah. it was. Oh, it was definitely drinkable. Well, yeah. We finished the whole bottle. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what proof is it, it uh, roughly? I mean, if you had to get, it's not that strong, is it? Um, it's like rum or something, is it? No, no. Is it, do you think it's that strong? No, it's like it's like wine. That's what oh, I thought. Like it's closer to wine, like maybe sixteen percent or something. Yeah. You know, maybe a big. I, know, I, ne- I never checked it that far. Yeah, Just. it's good. All right, we got a lot to do today. Eight 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 four zero one beer. That's our phone number. You can join us in the chat as well. JP is running the chat room. Uh, just hit the chat now button uh, right there on the left side of the uh, the homepage. Just put a name in. Don't register. Don't use a password. Just type in a name. Click enter, and there you'll be with all your brothers and sisters in the BN Army, and you can ask us questions that way. Bevo is out this week, but she's back next week. And check this out. Uh, she doesn't have to work on Monday of oh, next boy. week. I think it's like Martin Luther the King Day or something. So she has Luther a day off. The king. 
And she's going for Drunk of the Week, she says. Oh, oh great. Wow. Pin down we... that pole, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I better get a pin in that pole. <laughs> yeah, get her another outfit, too. Yeah. Yeah. Can we lock Sam out? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. don't care about Sam. That'll be good. Yeah, Sam has to work Monday. <laughs> he does. Sam's got work. There and you go. Bevo doesn't. So she'll be back uh, helping you out in the chat. All right, we're going to talk about Doc's brew day and kind of, he's just a great example of how to plan a, a, a brew if you really want to take it seriously. He's one of these guys who uh, is very premeditated about the whole thing, doesn't just wake up and decide to brew that day. No. It's a couple of day process for you. So yeah. we're going to start at square one and go all the way through um, just so that you can get it out and in front of you. Uh, if you've got your Brewing Classic Styles book, turn to page 54. That's uh, Jamil's Dortmunder Export. Um, that is the basis of the recipe we'll be talking about, um, so you can kind of reference it that way. So where does it start with you uh, when you're ready to brew a beer, Doc? I kind of figure out what I want to brew. So either is I'm going to be brewing for some event. And maybe the contest, like the nationals. Um, maybe it's for something for the uh, club. Um, things like that. Yeah. So, or a request from somebody, or there's a party coming up. Yeah. So that's the first thing I think of is what kind of beer it is, and that, that's why I narrow in on that one because the next thing is more important, which is the timeline. Okay. So I set up for how long am I going to need. When am I going to need this thing finished by? How long am I going to need to be lagering it or, or aging it? And then how long is it going to take to ferment and then brew? Then I look at my calendar and figure what when when I can get my brew day in. Yeah. Because um, you're one of these guys who doesn't let the beer leave your fridge if it's not ready, if you've not lagered right. it. You know, like right. whereas Chat and I, uh, we'll take five gallons and lager it. The other five, eh, spread the yeah. love. They got a twelve day old lager on tap. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote a Hellas the other day. He, he 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 kegged it. We were drinking it that night. They don't even wait for it to carbonate. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. it wasn't even carbonate. It was flat. We're drinking it that night. But you, uh, you know, you don't want anybody to taste your beer if it's no. not just right. No, I, no, I don't. So that's part of your timeline, right? If I if I have I've missed brew days. Something came up and I couldn't brew mm-hmm. for that one, and maybe and I can't brew maybe for two weeks. But I still have to have it. Have something. I'll, I'll change recipes. Something I can pull up shorter. Okay. Something like that. All so. right. Do you keep ingredients around? Do you go buy uh, in bulk, or do you just buy every time you're going to brew? Depends on what it is, but generally every time I brew, I'll I'll, I'll do that. If okay. there's something special, I have to order uh, things. Maybe B3 doesn't carry. <gasps> Sorry, man. <laughs> but uh, how dare you? Then I'll, I'll or order it more in bulk, and I'll keep it around. Okay. Uh, just strange stuff like uh, acid malt, things like that. And how do you store that stuff so that it stays? You know, I don't, I it don't, not ground, and just anywhere it's cool and dry. Do you keep it in the bag or do you put it in a sealed container? Uh, if it's small, I used to put it in a sealed container, okay. basically. Even if that's just like a garbage can with a lid kind uh-huh. of thing, yeah, okay. yeah, or a big Tupperware kind of something, some of the lid. The five gallon buckets work great. Okay. With the lid. Mm-hmm. Cool. They'll, All right. They'll seal that out. It keeps bugs and oxygen and nasty. It's just don't don't let it get really hot. Okay. Don't let it get really cold. It'll just it'll last long. I don't I don't get stuff that I'm gonna be hanging on to for six or eight months. All right. But the heat stales it real quick. Is that what you're? Yeah. The, the, you treat anything badly, it's gonna it's not gonna hold out as long. It's gonna move. And back. It's slack. It'll and move I, back I really to do like 
believe I believe in the use the best ingredients for the best beer. Gotcha. Oh, I got some of that left over. It looks okay. Yeah, it's just too much time to invest. It is. It's too much time to invest. And I don't brew on a regular schedule. I don't brew every month. I don't brew every two weeks. I, I don't. It's sometimes I'll brew, sometimes every week for a month. And then I maybe not brew for two months. Yeah, it just yeah. It's, it's Chad just, needs a silo outside. With yeah, he does. Full of two row. The yeah. way he brews, yeah. it's true. Yeah, he could do that. Yeah, and when you brew uh, every week, um, you know, when you go through those stints, you also don't speak to your wife for a month. Right, pretty much. <laughs> Are you brewing again? I'm, I'm still brewing. Yeah. So, uh, what about this uh, weekday night brewing? You were doing some of that. You said that worked out in the, month, yeah, in the warmer to, weather. Yeah, I try to get. I try to plan on when I'm going to brew to have the least impact on the family. Okay. Um, I'll do weekday nights or, or Friday night, where I'll, I'll get I'll get things planned ahead. We're getting ahead of ourselves here, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll plan it out. So when I get off of work on Friday, I can come home and just light the boiler. Okay. That's all I got to do. I've got everything else set up. That all the the water's made and all the salts are in there. The everything's crushed, ready to dump in there. The the water's up to the exact temperature or the exact amounts I need, and all I got to do is go in and light it. That's all I gotta do. Yeah, and I kind of I even plan around it. All like I while I'm mashing, I can go in and have dinner with the family. Oh, okay. And then I come out once it's um, at one point. I can go in and maybe help put the kids to bed, and then I can come back out. And I'm a night owl. I can stay up easily till three, four, five in the morning with no problem. Yeah, as long as I got something to do. And it's the least impact on the family, but it takes more planning to do it that way. And by something to do, you mean methamphetamines or <laughs> no? I mean I, I couldn't sit around and just read a book all night and stay up. Late, right. got to be active. Yeah, something. Yeah. I watch TV, watch old movies, brew beer, clean the garage, something. I, I don't get tired at that point. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of a, or another time I really like to do, I like to get up very early in the morning and light light it off at you know four in the morning, four thirty in the morning. Then I can be Good done Lord. by noon. Yeah. And then I've got the rest of the Saturday to spend with the family. Okay. Something like that. So minimal impact brewing. Minimal impact brewing. It seems to work out best for me. <laughs> You're allowed to brew more often. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you've, in this case, you've decided on a Dortmunder. Yeah. Uh, partly because we knew that, uh, Bevo and Sam wanted a lighter beer. Yeah. Now, we had originally talked about a Hellas. Why did you switch to Dortmunder? Um, Mike here brews a killer, uh, Dortmunder, and I really—that's like what Karen said. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. My wife, who yeah. doesn't like a lot of beer, just kept going back for his Dortmunder, more yeah. Dortmunder. So yeah. I that's thought what I, I'm talking about. I, I thought I, I, I hadn't <laughs> brewed one before, so I thought I'd uh, give it a go. Okay. And yeah. I really like it. It's great. It's, it's a good set drinker. Yeah. It's a good drinker. It's yeah. really close to a Hellas. Oh yeah. Um, and it fits into our time frame. Like we got to have this drinkable by February twenty something. It'll be okay. It's tight. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be okay. Okay, all right. So now we've decided on that. What's your, you know, you, you've picked a recipe. What's your next step? Well, no. Then I'm picking the recipe. Then I got to go through and look at the ingredients. Can I get all these ingredients? And you know, with this hop shortage thing, we can't. Okay. Uh, this this one calls for a lot of Howard Tower, uh, based off of Jamil's Dortmunder. You're right. talking about here. Okay. And so I've got to come up with some something else oh. for that. Can't get Howard Tower, huh? Uh, Maybe a buddy could help you out. Yeah, we could. Uh, but then that takes the fun out of doing oh. hop, hop substitutes. Yeah, okay. well, well, you might as well get used to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. You get ahead of the game. Yeah. There. I like how Mike sticks to a point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what did you... Uh... Uh, so, 
um, then can I get the other ingredients? And, and so then I start working on the recipe. That's my next thing. So I look at the timeline first. What's it going to take? When do I have to set things done by and set up? Then I start doing the recipe. Can I get these ingredients and what I'm going to have to change? Uh, I've taken other people's recipes. Recipes are great. I drink somebody else's great beer and I want the recipe. I can't always do it that way because I can't get the ingredients or I, I have to scale it up. And, and I'm not going to put in 1.56 pounds or something. Okay. I'm going to, that, that's just ludicrous. Yeah. So I'll, you don't think it makes a difference, uh, or, or big oh, I round it closely, but I don't. I don't get that anal about it. Where I, I, it's got to yeah. be uh, point seven eight pounds or something. Yeah, uh, it's going to be three quarters of a pound, or it's going to be. You know, it depends. Okay. It's just, that's just like four in a lullaby or something. You know, it's got, if it's a real dark malt or something, you have to right. be careful with that. But most of the if, carol pills or something. If like If I that can't get okay uh, sixty low bond, I got seventy low bond. I'm going to back it off a little bit and still use the seventy. There you go. Okay. It depends on what we're using it for. So I'll, I'll start working with that and get around close to what we're going to have. And, and just to be clear for everybody, we're talking about a 20-gallon batch. Here yeah, so I'm system. scaling things up to 20. Well, this one's going to be 25-gallon batch. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, is, will that be our final volume, or you do your recipe for 25 because you're hoping to get you know, less? We're going to lose a little here and there, transfers, uh, lose it in the lines and stuff. So we're still going to come out with more than 20 gallons. Did you just discuss, I don't mean just as in time, but if you're using your system, which is designed to be a 20-gallon system, you figured out you could actually produce 25 gallons of uh, I can produce more than that. Wow. And I just know where my losses are. Uh, I'm going to lose some in the conical. I'm going to lose some in the in the chiller. Uh, I'm going to lose some every time I transfer it to something else. Mm-hmm. So I just got to make sure I'm going to be able to do that. Yeah. And now also when we've got 25 uh or 20 gallons or 25 gallons. I gotta make sure how much beer I have and how much storage I have and do I have enough fermentation space. Yeah. Like, yes, like you said, what do I do? When I'm brewing every week, I gotta have a place this is gonna go to. Right. And if I'm full everywhere else and I got no place, my conicals are full and everything else and, and, and also my refrigeration's full to age it, I'm not gonna have any room. So I gotta make sure that's all dealt with too. Yeah. That's why you get beer every once. That's what I was going to say. If I dealt with you, mean bring us beer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Can I get on that list? (laughs) Absolutely. Probably. Everyone wants on that list. So uh, make sure I don't have any problems down the road and say, oh, God, i got to get this transfer, but I can't because i got to move this to this, that out of there to make some room for that. And then I, it makes takes the fun out of it yeah. when, I, when I have yeah. to go and do, do all the logistic stuff because I've got to have room to put this in. I don't pull it out of the conical because I don't have any refrigeration space. Yeah. And you know, if I've got a bunch of quarter kegs, half kegs around, I, I'm going to have to bottle them, give them away, do something to make some room in there. So all this is all about the pre-planning stage. Believe it or not, Shat is uh, experience, experiences issue what he's going to ferment in. We don't have storage issues because oh. it gets drunk uh, pretty quickly. But yeah, he, if he's brewing, you know, three times in a week, like this yeah. jerk does, uh, figuring out where he's going to ferment and things like that. So think plan ahead. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have something. Maybe you do have. Uh, fermentation, but you only got two kegs. Yeah. And you got these, or four kegs or whatever you have, but you've got 10 more gallons sitting there. It ends up sitting in the carboy a lot longer than you want it to. Sure. Uh, you got, and what are you going to do with it? You can get stuck down the, down the road. It'll bottleneck somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, get the, get it dealt with. Okay. Uh, ahead of time. All it does is take a little bit of pre-planning on it. Uh, you also got to think of when you're going to make your starters. 
uh, which is our next kind of thing we got to get together. And we're gonna we're gonna do at least a two step starter, make a big one for this. Oh yeah, uh, it's a logger. Okay, and I want to make sure we use a big starter on it. So when you say a two step starter. We're going to step it up once. Okay. So we'll do a starter, and then it will kind of chill out, and you'll pour off the top. And we'll make a bigger starter than that. By pouring in fresh uh, food for the yeast? We'll make, we'll, we'll make a bigger container with, with new wort. And then just dump the first right. starter into that. So we'll probably go from a 2,000-milliliter Erlen Meyer to a two-and-a-half-gallon carboy. Oh, wow. Onto the stir plate, and... What's that's going for a lager, right? But it so will it be a two and a half gallon pitch? No, I always decant, but uh, and then I'll, I got to make sure I'm, I'm done with this uh, starter in time to put it in the refrigerator. I put it in the refrigerator the day before, uh-huh. and that's a slow enough cooling. It's, it's a big, it's a you know, big heat sink, so it takes a while in the refrigerator for it to cool. It doesn't cool down that fast, and it doesn't shock the yeast, but it'll it'll fall out. Then I can decant, and then I can put this big yeast slug into the big conical. So that's the point of the refrigeration, so that the yeast drops to the bottom, and you're able to decant without pouring out a bunch of yeast. Exactly. So the thing I always wonder about that is you're doing this starter. Um, I know to replicate yeast, but also to get it alive and moving. Right. But then you're putting it back to sleep. Not necessarily. No. Well, not a lager yeast, certainly. Yeah. And okay. and how many how many guys uh, repitch their yeast? They'll just They'll they'll rack off the carboy, mm-hmm. and they just dump the new beer right on top of that one, and they got a fermentation in an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> then the next day, yeah, yeah. So they've got a you know big yeast cake. That stuff is not that dormant. Okay. And when I put it back in the, put it in the refrigerator, it takes a while. It doesn't go down but a couple of degrees an hour. Okay. Yeah. You can leave it in there uh, about up to two weeks, and it'll still be pretty pretty good. It'll, really? It'll, yeah. Okay. It's pretty viable. At that point, and just, it'll activate it back up when you put it in there. Uh, so, so how many days in advance of, of brew day, pitch day, are you having to do? To st- are we going to start this two-step starter? Uh, probably start the first starter tomorrow. Okay, so a week in advance. Yeah. Okay, start that one. That'll go for a couple of days, I mm-hmm. imagine. A couple um, of days, and then by at least by Wednesday, then we'll be making the other one. Okay. And then by Sunday, I'll probably take it out and put it in the refrigerator. Okay. So that by Monday afternoon... Right. Or even, even as far as Monday morning, I might take it off take it off the stir plate on Monday morning, because yeah, we won't be done with the brew day till yeah. later on, and pitch it after we're all done and cleaned up, and that'll be fine. Okay. Do you put that two and a half gallon carboy on a stir plate? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's you just, just did you build a giant stir plate for yeah. us? You did. And use the dumbbell uh, use the, yeah, the dumbbell stir bar. Yeah. I gotta get those samples. I'm trying to get B three. Uh, I don't think I've even seen it. Yeah, it's yeah, you've got a problem with any domed pro, uh, domed bottom. Uh-huh. A regular stir bar won't stay on there. So I did some oh. research and found that you need a little one that looks like a dumbbell. Like actually has two thick ends. Yeah, yeah. And you can get them at stirbars dot com. <laughs> stirbars dot. How great is it that there's a stirbars? Yeah, yeah, I remember looking there, com. and they're like real expensive. I like said, well, wait a minute, I'm about to think about this. Uh, weren't they? I don't think they're that much. They're hard to find. So when yeah. I've been looking for All something right. on the internet for an hour and a half, and I come across it, well, it's the point where I don't care how much it costs. As long as they yeah. take PayPal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't even hurt to use PayPal. The secret account. <laughs> it doesn't even hurt to play, use PayPal. It's not really like cash. Yeah. <laughs> it's fake. Free money. It's funny money. If I had to give them out, you know, Franklin's, yeah. I might have a problem. Yeah, right. 
All right, so you're use, uh, you actually are putting that on a on a stir plate. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, and it just stirs, makes a little tornado, and okay, and we let it go. Now, if you were if we were just doing a one step starter, uh, you would only do it maybe four days before. Yeah, I started day? probably Wednesday. You'd do it Wednesday for yeah. a Monday brew. Yeah. Okay. All right. So just I just got enough enough time that I can cool it down adequately to, to decant it. Okay. And then another question real quick, because I'm always interested with the decanting part of it. Um, is it that you don't want all of that beer that isn't the ingredients you have designed, you know, the beer you're pitching it into? And Like, why don't you just dump the whole thing in? Uh, because I don't want it to influence the flavor of my beer. And okay. most of my beers are light-colored Light-flavored beers. Well, like this beer, you're probably going to use DME, you know, uh, right. two-row-based uh, DME to make a, a Pilsner beer. That's not going to work. So, yeah, you don't want that in there. I see. So now, in my uh, Dortmund, there's a fair amount of two-row in there, so te- technically you could. Uh, okay. So you yeah. you might not worry yeah. about it too much. I mean, uh, yeah. If I was brewing uh, something big and malty and it could yeah. hide it, yeah. uh, maybe okay. a... Maybe a uh, Oktoberfest or something. Yeah, a barley wine or something. A barley wine, something big. Like, I wouldn't care. Okay. I really wouldn't. But in a light beer, you don't want those extra flavors. I, I don't want to take the chance that it would influence. Like Mike says, it's just too much trouble to go through all of this <laughs> and then have a... What's that? <laughs> yeah. I think it's it was... It's almost J- there. It was JP, I think it was the first one that said to me, I had this huge starter sitting on my counter and I just was dumping the whole thing in my beer. And it just had never occurred to me that you wouldn't do that. And, and it was JP, I think, who said, well, you know, don't you want to pour some of that out and then just pour the yeast in? Did it? I say something right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why would I do that. I'm just it's my starter. I got to put the whole thing in there. But uh, I have I had since seen you do it this way and uh, talk about decanting too. So okay, cool. So now we've got our starter made. Uh, what else on prep day? Um, I got to make sure that uh, I have. Um, and then I got to design the water because I use RO. <laughs> so I got to design the water every time. So you can skip this step if you're just using whatever you're using. Right. Uh, but if you want to change the the water around to you know complement one kind of beer or another, and I've got certain recipes that I use for light lager, light ale, uh, stout type dark beers, okay. and I kind of stick to those. I've also come up with some recipes where if I'm using part Arrowhead water, you know, part spring water, mm-hmm. and part RO, so I can deal with that and then if it doesn't look quite right to me i can tweak it here or there and then i go from that from what i would need to how much of these ingredients these salts i need to put in there so you're not like buying kits that they say you know no. this is your guinness salt kit and you're no. actually deciding which salts no, i'm deciding use. which salts i'm using and how much and then yeah. i use my scale and I, I weigh it all out and then i put it in a little foil pouch and set it aside it's not going to go bad and so i've got it ready to to dump in there uh, then when I RO my water, I can't keep the RO water in uh, stainless because it'll actually leach from the metal. Ah, okay. So if it's got the nutrients in, though, I mean, the, yeah, you could. Then. If I can put the nutrients in, and then I can leave it. In. So what I'll do is I'll, and that's another thing. I start making water ahead of time too, right. like the day before, or you know, are you going to start making water tomorrow, a week before? No, it's usually I can get about my my RO system works pretty fast. I can get about five gallons in. 30 minutes. Wow, that is fast. So I'll, I've got a bunch of Sparkos bottles lined up, and I just go from there, and I cap them off. Yeah. And I, I leave them just like that. So I'll make them new just before. I don't 
make it and then have this water sitting around for a couple of months. I'll make it. No, no, there's no uh, chlorine in there, so it's yeah. Also, I'll make it about the year. Be- uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I make it about the the day before. Right two days before yep. and I have it ready to go and I've also figured out how much water I'm going to need and then I actually add some more. I, 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 I'll have an extra five gallons sitting there. Okay. Just in case. So I'll be there next Saturday and we'll be filling water yeah. for, for you to build this. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you get that ready and then you've got the water in the containers. Um, you put your salts right in there or do you not do that till it's all in the kettle? I put it in the kettle. Once I get the water in the kettle, then then I put the salts in there. Okay. Uh, make sure I get it fairly well mixed around. Okay. And, uh, dep- and depending on some of the stuff, I'll I'll add right to the mash. Uh, calcium carbonate or chalk doesn't dissolve well in in uh, acidic cool. water. So you do that in the mash instead. So I'll put it in the mash. Okay. And it'll filter through and okay. do it that way. So uh, if you're brewing on Monday. Will you uh, not put your water in the kettle until Monday morning, or will you kind of get it ready Sunday night, put it on the kettle, so that you can get up Monday morning and hit the flame? I'll Sunday night. Sunday night you I'll, will. I'll, okay. put it in, I'll put it in the kettle and cap it, put it in there Sunday night, so all I pretty much have to do is get up, turn it on, and go. Um, there's, I've been toying with the idea of making a heat stick, uh, just because I like building stuff. And, yeah. And they just came out with another article. Uh same guy, because I've read his website a few times about building a heat stick. So what I want to do is put the heat stick on a timer. So let it be in there for half an hour, an hour, and let it already get the, get the, you know, the water up to a certain temperature. Then I'm not having to sit there with the flame on forever. Then it's dead time for me. Yeah. That's a good idea. Prepping your prep. Yeah. Getting ready to, to start to fire it so off. If you're going to get up and start brewing at four in the morning you want to start brewing you want to sit there and watch the water boil yeah and i i'm not gonna have have it time so the flame comes on before i wake up it's just not gonna happen it's a bit dangerous yeah we've had a pro come in and talk about how that happened at his brewery it ruined the whole kettle you remember that oh i don't want to rehash the poor guy's story but uh (laughs) yeah they are kettle fires automatically like a lot of uh, professional Mm -hmm. brewers do and there wasn't any water in the bottom of the uh kettle and so it uh that was a good show that was on too torch the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay um you know what we didn't talk about with the recipe uh you just mentioned it that uh you had to substitute the hops in this yeah. Dortmunder. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. let's back up real quick and do that um how did you decide on a substitute for this um when you're going to substitute hops and you, let's say you're not really used to a lot of these hops this with this hop shortage we're going to be starting to use these hops that we know nothing about that you've never brewed with uh, a lot of people stick with the same hops that they're used to all the time, Cascades or Columbus or whatever they're used to. Yeah. And you know, now you're going to get into some ones you've seen, you've read about, but you've never used. Uh, the best way is to kind of look up what their parents are. Okay. And without getting into, you know, how, you know, they, they breed these hops and cross pollinate them and things. Uh, it's just best to see what their parents are. Okay. And you can have, the way they can breed these new ones, they can have them one one quarter is like this one kind of hops, or the, and three quarters something of another kind of hop. Okay. Or you can have half and half things like that. Where are you looking for that stuff? On the internet. There's there's a lot of them. A lot of places you can 
And just one site's not going to have it all. You're going to have to glean a lot of things okay. uh, from different sites so you can kind of make sense to you. So will you just look up the name of the particular yeah. hop? And look then... up the name particular hop and then you just kind of follow the thread and okay. go with that one. So uh, Haller Tower is really pretty hard to find right now. Uh, the stuff that I did come across, the alpha asses are 1.5. <laughs> so yeah, it's not going to give me totally what I want. Yeah. So I need to be conscious of how much alpha, alpha acids are in what I'm going to substitute, what the parentage is from these things, uh, so I can get kind of the the same characteristics out of it. Now, they're not going to be exactly the same characteristics, but they're going to be close. Uh, so, so you're looking for noble parents in this case? Yes, yeah. definitely. So Haller Tower parents would be great. Yeah. So there's a lot of them out there because they're really getting away from Haller Tower Middle Food because of the, the it's problem with wilt and you know the, it's susceptible to you know fungus and things. Okay. So they're they're breeding new ones that are more more resistant to that kind of thing. So it's out there. Um, so you know I, I settled on uh, Mount Hood and Sterling. Now one's going to be like Mount Hood's going to be a little bit sweeter, and Sterling's going to be a little bit more spicy. Okay. So rather than using one, I'm going to split the difference and using using each one. You know, basically using Mount Hood and Sterling side by side. Ah, so for each edition, you're going to be using both. Yes. Okay. And at, at that point, and I can next if I brew it like it, but I want to change it a little bit. I can just tweak them a little bit with um, with the amount rather than so maybe Mount Hood two thirds for the bittering and one third Liberty or I'm uh, Sterling for the for that. So. And are you just going to put this into ProMash and see what it's telling you the IBUs right. are going to be so that you get your quantities right and all of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, uh, if you're just tuning in, page 54 in Classic Styles, it's the Dortmunder export recipe that Doc's talking about, but just uh, substituting those hops right there. All right, so, yeah, it's at least I'm not too far off. I'm not going to throw some something in there that's going to be totally, totally out of there. Sure. I'm using a U.K. hops instead of, you know, a, a German hop. All right. So and, and these are all these are you know, U.S. born hops anyway. So they're but they're not going to be the things you find in an IPA either. Yeah, I think that's really a good method. I'm glad you talked about how you're deciding on hops to look at uh, their lineage and figure mm-hmm. out it, that at least it's going to have those characteristics. And you just by you know, checking out on the internet, you're going to find what their characteristics are like. So the best place to start is what their lineage is. Okay. Then you can kind of tell you know, what it's going to be, and then off of other people's descriptions of what it is. And they're going to be a little more or a little less of what the parents are. And you can offset that, which is what I'm trying to do, with another uh, offshoot of the of the hops of the same parents. They're going to be a little bit different. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to turn out like, but at least it's a good, educated guess poking the right direction. And it's fun. Well, it's a lowly hop beer, so it's, the hops aren't a big part yeah. of it. Yeah. It's not okay. a big. It's yeah. It's not. So I mean, it's a safe area. And I, I, if you're making an IP or something, I mean, right. It's going to be a bigger, bigger challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, these kind of they should have a nice uh, hop character in in the finish as well, though. I mean, it's not an IPA character, but for example, uh, I know this isn't a Hellas, but a Hellas, you oh, should yeah. you should be able to taste and smell those hops, uh, not in a really green bud kind of way like you do IPAs, but you want to know those noble hops are there. You know, sure. there's some spiciness, yeah, to them, stuff knowledge. like that. Oh, they're there. The challenge here is that if I got to keep it balanced, yeah. And with this beer, it really needs to be balanced. Uh, so I'm, 
it's not a hop forward beer, but then again, it's still got to be there. Yeah. And I think that's going to be more of a challenge is trying to get it dialed into where it's well within the, in the range of enough, but not too much. That's just the way all lagers are. I mean, that's, that's why they're hard beers to make. Mm-hmm. It's just so, cause they're so low in malt, uh, the hops are just a real trick to get, uh-huh. get right. Yeah. And I, and, you know, this is another exercise for me because I'm, I'm concerned about substituting hops and what we're going to have to do coming up. And we might have to ride this out for a year or two. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah, if, not, if not more. So, yeah, but that's kind of fun. That's a good way to, to and, figure it out. And I like the idea of blending hops instead of, well, it's not apples for apples. Okay, I, I can't find Hallowtower, so I'm going to use Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to have the same beer, but if I can blend the hops, some of these and some of those, I'm going to get closer to what I want rather than uh, just having to settle for something else. Okay. I think when the when all the hop substitutions and all the blending of hops like you're talking about is all said and done, we're all going to go and say, "Wow, we, we should have been doing this a long time ago." Yeah, you're probably right. Are, I'm, I'm ta- you know, I was using Columbus all the time. Now that I'm using this other hop, wow, I, I, I you know really expanded my. Uh, it's going to open our eyes. My eyes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what yeast did you decide on in this recipe? Uh, we're going to use uh, Southern German Lager. I was oh. going to use uh, WLP 830, but. Uh, couldn't get a hold of it. Oh, is that right? And I really no, there's a yeast short, shortage yeast all of a shortage, sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, and I needed it today. Ah, to start the... Right. Okay. And I really like Southern German lager. I've used it a lot yeah. of my lagers. Yeah. It's a really nice... Okay. Nice one. Okay. Anything else on, uh, anything else on prep day? i got to take a break either now or soon, so uh, um, just wanted to get us through prep. That was a nice lisp you had, too. If, anything else on prep day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anything else? What else are we prepping? <laughs> are you prepped? <laughs> um, no, let me think about it. But uh, that's a l- about it. Okay, uh, let's take a let's take a break. Um, you could take another pill. Okay. Uh, maybe readjust yourself in the seat there, and uh, we'll make sure we've covered everything for prep day, and uh, we'll get on to brew day when we come back. So uh, stick with us here. It's the session. Kicking it old school with uh, Dr. Scott and covering his brew day, Dorkmunder export of the Brewing Classic Styles book, so you can follow along that way. And uh, JP's an idiot. We'll be right back, everybody. Uh, hang whoa, in there. whoa, whoa. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Oh, crap! It's the hop shortage! He's in the basement! Oh, please! My triple decocted Imperial Pilsner! It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage! Damn it to hell! What's is lost? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach! Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kölsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! 
Hello from Plank Road Brewery, where we're proud to announce there's finally a beer brewed exclusively for people who love head. Just for us? That's right, head beer. A hearty beer with a big, thick head that lasts and lasts. Try some. Jesus Christ, this is the best head I've ever had. That's right, head beer is delicious. Oh, God, this is great head. Everyone loves head beer. I love giving my husband head. It really satisfies him. Enjoy the full-bodied flavor of head beer. Now that I've had head, I don't think I'll ever want anything else. And ladies, head's not just for men. You know, there's nothing like getting home from work, sitting down on the couch with my husband, and giving him some thick foamy head. Absolutely. Head beer is bold. I'm a big head fan. Last week my friends came over for the game and my wife gave them all head. They loved it. Experience the surprising flavor of head beer. I love head, but I still can't get my wife to try it. Come on, honey. No. Please. I don't like the taste. Okay, well, maybe your sister likes head. Okay, okay, I'll try it. Mmm. Mm. This is good head. Do yourself a favor. Get some head today. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not, is a major factor in dancing like a retard, may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them, also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people, and it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as 7 cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and yes even that other show. 
Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. What's funny is, brewers will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. <laughs> you know? The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back, boys and girls. It's the session, kicking it old school with Doc. And uh, we are talking about uh, his brew day and the whole process. And uh, Dortmunder Export is our recipe. 888-401-BEER if you got questions. Or send them to the chat room, as always. And, Doc, I got some questions about the last segment before we move okay. on. Oh, one thing I want to say is, you know, it sounds like I do just taking this to the nth degree about making it uh, organized and everything. And it's just kind of come over... Over the years of brewing, this is just m- what I do, and it's probably the same thing. Yeah. So I'm 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 ready to do it. A lot of it is because I don't like to just get up, start setting up. Half the brew day's gone, especially when I have somebody coming over to help me brew. Yeah. So a lot of times, a lot of people that have never brewed before come brew with me, and the last thing they want to do is see me setting up, washing pots and pans, and, and things like that. They want to see me stirring grains and things. Get right to so, it. So. In just in that, it, it cuts everything way down. I can do stuff. I, I make my starters at night when I get the kids in bed. Okay. On the stove, in the kitchen. Uh, it's 9, 9.30 when I do it. And it takes me an hour, hour and a half probably from to cool down and pitch. Yeah. Nobody complains about the smell? No, nobody complains about the smell. There's nobody there. I'm not getting asked to you know, help with homework or anything like that. Yeah. And which I'd rather be doing at that time helping my kids with the homework. Sure. And this is you know, guilt-free brewing, yeah, as best it can be. Okay, and it's just everybody else's style. You make it your own style on how how you make this work out. But it's just be prepared for it. I want to be brewing when I wake up. That's the whole thing. Okay, so it's a routine, and it just gets you prepped. Yeah, ready it's to just go. a routine. It's just prepped. It actually makes the brew day go a lot smoother. Yeah, okay. br- break it into parts because if if your brew day starts with like getting ready to brew, it becomes like work instead of a hobby. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm taking notes, fellas. Because <laughs> I agree. Like, I'm doing, I wake up and start cleaning equipment. Yeah, like you guys brew. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it is. It, it makes for a long brew day. Yeah, By break the time it up. we're done, it's, I forget. Clean, it. clean the kegs before, you know, yeah. days ahead of the time you need to rack the beer. Yeah. Because you'll rack the beer on time then. Right. That's a good point. I want you to uh, want you to cover one thing real quick about your starter. It's a tip that you taught me. So all of us who do our starters on the stove, just like Doc's talking about, you know, you got that uh, overflow, you got that foam <laughs> issue. Oh yeah. And you do it right inside the Erlenmeyer, uh, right, right in the flask. Mm-hmm. You'll put that right on the heat, and I do that now too. Uh, I used to not because it was even more apt to foam over. Right. Until you taught me to use what's Ooh. that stuff? Uh, the foam control. It's just a little. You can get it at yeah. any homebrew shop. Yeah. So the the two things are with the Erlen Meyer is overflow. Yeah. And if you try to to dump the DME in there, it gets all over the sides, and it's just it, you got like clumps of it stuck to the sides. So I don't do it that way either. Quick quick way I do it. I, I put water in the Erlen Meyer, 
put it on the stove, let it boil. Get get my stuff. I got my DME, my yeast nutrient, uh, my foam control, and I get that out. I also get a whisk. I found the the egg whisk works the best thing to break up the clumps. I've tried spoons with holes. I've tried forks, everything, but that whisk is just magic. Okay. Uh, I get a stainless steel mixing bowl and a funnel. So once the thing's boiling, I put I measure everything out into that stainless steel bowl. I put my DME in there. I put my yeast nutrient. And then I take take the the hot water that's boiling. I pour it in and I into the stainless steel bowl or whatever bowl, the mixing bowl. Use the whisk and I mix it. Get all the clumps out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I throw the the funnel into the top of the air limar, but it's it's not on the. I take it off the heat because I don't want to put it right on the boil. And I put put it pour it right back into the air limar. I take two to three drops of anti foam stuff drops drop that and I put it back on there it starts to boil there is no boil over no foam no boil no over. foam no sticky clumps it just boils I let it boil for 15 minutes mm-hmm. uh, I take it off put it on the other burner and I put some foil loosely over the top of it and I let it settle down then I put it in the uh, ice bath or a cold water bath in the sink okay and once that's done I oxygenate it pitch my yeast and I throw a stir bar in there and it's on the stir stir Good plate. To go. okay all right, that's uh, those are great tips. And um, someone had asked about your starter too. They want to know if you run your starter at your fermentation temp, or do you just you know keep it on the in, at room temp? It doesn't matter. It's a room temp. Uh, yeast like to grow best at room temp. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a lager or uh, ale yeast because it's it's going to be decanted anyway. Okay. Uh, what else do I have? Here? I, I, I think the whites when they propagate, they propagate like eighty, something like that. So whatever the room temperature, and I don't, I don't bother to to deal with that too much as far as trying to keep it at the same temperature. Okay. All right, some other questions just about the first part. Is it bad to dump the stir bar into the carboy, Doc, when you're uh, pitching your starter? Uh, you know it, it is if that. you only have one. Yeah, if you have plenty of stir bars, <laughs> then no problem. Well, that's how I solve my problem. Yeah, because how do you not do it? I mean, you got to then pour your starter through a screen. Or there's, a magnet. Couple, there's a couple of ways. You can take a big uh, magnet and you stick it on the bottom of the Erlenmeyer. Okay. And it'll just stay in there. Yeah. Or you get uh, a stir-by retrieval stick like I have. Oh. It's a, it's about, well, you can get different lengths, tw- about a foot long, maybe a little longer. It's plastic. Yeah. And it's got a magnet on the end. You can just throw it in your star sand, reach it down into the Erlen Meyer, pull it out, and you've got your stir bar. Gotcha. Or you're still going to forget. Everybody forgets it. Yeah, it goes. Yeah. Clunk yeah. in the bottom of there. If you've only got one and you're brewing pretty soon. Yeah. And then your next thing is <laughs> well, how are you going to get it out of the, you know, the next thing and you forget about that and then you dump it down the drain. Yeah. That that's when it's bad, is because you forget that it's actually in there. I'll just pick it out when I'm done with the fermentation, and you forget, and you rinse it all out, and it's down the drain, and you don't have another stir bar. Yeah. Okay. Another question that came through from the chat uh, when you're talking about your water, uh, they want to know what does RO mean? Oh, reverse osmosis. Mm-hmm. It's a way of filtering water. Uh, it strips out everything, though. It strips it down to pretty much just water. Uh, no other minerals or anything else in there. Uh, and that's not a good water to brew with. Uh, you won't have enough calcium, for sure, uh, to keep the yeast happy and to do healthy in the mash. Uh, and then you need all the, the other things in there to kind of point you in the right direction for flavor. Yeah. So you got to kind of build it back to 
what you want. It's one of the reasons why I like using RO water is that I can build my own water. It's an extra step that's a, a hassle for a lot of people. Um, it's a good thing if you, let's say you've got really hard water and you can RO half your water and then mix it together and then you got the mild water. The best way and the easiest way and the cheapest way of fixing your water if you've got really hard water is dilution. Okay. Just cut it with some right. You can use you can use water. distilled water. Okay. Basically, it's like distilled water, but it's use a filter to get that way. I see. Uh, if and I, my water's questionable because it's from a well. Okay. And then it. So you just prefer to strip it down and start fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, JP, is this a this boiling water question a real question? Yeah. Okay. From Phil, in uh, Brazil. Okay, Phil Brazil wants to know uh, what does boiling the water before boiling. Due to the water, like uh, pre-boiling your oh, water. Pre-boiling the water, mm-hmm. uh, it, it takes the carbonates out of it, and it also will take any chlorine you have in there. Ah, uh, okay. It decarbonates the water, uh, but it only go to a certain point. But it, you got to remember, it also takes the calcium out too. So you have to add that back. So it depends. Well, it depends on where you are. Uh, if, if you got a lot of calcium in there from you got really sulfated water, gypsumous water, mm-hmm. uh, then it's not going to be so bad. But usually you're boiling it to get the calcium out of there, right, to get the carbonate out of there. But it also combines calcium and the carbonate combines, and it makes this white chalky stuff that precipitates out. And then you rack off of that and leave the white chalky precipitate in there. So it'll take really hard carbonate water and make it little, make it better. Mm-hmm. But you're going to also take out some calcium in there. So you're going to need to add calcium back in one form or another. Can you say... Rack off and leave the white chalky stuff five times fast. <laughs> no, <laughs> not on those meds. Yeah, no. not on those. Unlucky, I made it through once. <laughs> okay. Anything else on the? Th- that's it for questions so far. Uh, anything else to prep? You know, night before brew day is where we're at. Uh, anything else you want to cover before we get to brew day? Um, I do prep things during brew day, like uh, the hop additions. Okay. So I don't forget. So you won't do that beforehand? Um, I don't like to leave the hops out. I like to open the hops right at the last, not the last minute, but on brew day when I'm doing I don't want to let, let them sitting out overnight. Yeah. But just to go over that quickly, I'll take uh, paper bowls. we got a lot of them around the house. and mm-hmm. um, I'll Each hop edition, I'm going to use three different hop editions, uh, 60, 20, and 0. I'll mark each bowl with 60, 20, and 0. I'll mm-hmm. uh, measure out the hops, all the hops that are going in. 60 minutes, I'll, and I'll mix them all in the bowl. Usually in the 20-minute bowl, I'll put in either the uh, Irish moss or uh, what's the... the, the Whirlflock. flock. I'll put those tablets in there with the hops. That way when I throw them in there, I don't I don't not forget doing that. Cause how many times I've forgotten? The Whirlflock. I got the Whirlflock sitting over there. And <laughs> yeah. I guess I could throw them in the fermenter, but it wouldn't do the same thing. Okay. So, and then I stack them in reverse order. So yeah. I just grab them and they go. Or if I really get, if they're one of those brew days, it should be hectic. I'll even put the time on them. I'll write on the side what time they go in. Yeah. The key point there, Doc, is you said I'm on a hectic brew day. And that, to me, that's what you're, what you're doing is what I really appreciate is if you can make it, so that the day is, that the brew session is less hectic, it's like a lot more fun. It yeah. really is. It is. So what, oh, what time did we put those in? Let's stress you on. What time, yeah. oh. what time did we put those in? Yeah. What time, what time were you? Much more relaxing. Yeah, and you're like, more. oh, I wrote on the bowl, 8, 4, uh, 11.45 hop edition. Yeah. You know what? It's 11.40. Yeah. 
You know, I, I know what's going in five minutes. I don't even have to do any math. It's just there. See, I've been, I actually do that same thing with the hop editions, and I've been doing it since day one so that I don't have to do any math because I'm awful at math. <laughs> so I've always been writing the exact time that that goes yeah. in, so I don't even have to think about whether it's a 20-minute or a 10-minute. Yeah. I just know what time it goes in. Yeah. That's it. So I, I yeah. save all that stuff for actually when maybe when when I got the the burners lit and I'm waiting for the water to to heat up to mash temperature or during the mash when I got downtime. Okay. All right. So I guess we're on brew day morning, huh? Yeah, I guess That's so. Pretty much all the prep. Um everything's ready to go. You walk into the brew house and things are clean. You've got uh water in the kettle already. Water and salts in the kettle. Everything's ready to go. Okay. I've uh, turned the gas. Get the thing lit. Set the temperatures, let it go. Do you have a beer before you light the gas or after? It depends on if I'm doing a night brew or a morning brew. I see. I used to, in the morning, I used to, when I was drinking coffee, I would uh, go like that, go back in, sit and have a cup of coffee, maybe watch the news, come back out, and it's about that temperature. Gotcha. And and get that going. Now, if it's, if it's like a Friday night beer, I'm having a beer beforehand. Yeah. I get it, get it lit and have the have the beer ready to go. What time are we starting on Monday? Um, we'll talk about that. I'm just trying to plan my beer drinking around this, so I'm going to need to know, Doc, ahead of time. Okay. I, I always think about you know <laughs> if you're brewing with me, what's the earliest I can even think about getting you in here? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, especially after Sunday's show, it's going to be you know you got to have Bevo drunk yeah. of the week next week. Well, that goes to planning too. What time do I want to be done by? Yeah. And so then I'll, I'll actually start reverse planning that one if I want to be done by six. So if you've done all this prep that we've talked about, how long is your brew day? Depends on the beer. Yeah. It really does. Um, depends on the mash. Depends on a lot of things. It can, so be, this, short, it can be as short as five hours. Okay. That's, uh, that's as quick as it gets. Yeah. Okay. And that's cleaned up. It can be, you know, it can be that, uh, the Doppelbach we made 12 hours later. Yeah, that's true, too. Okay, good enough. So it just depends on what, what we're brewing and what we're uh, going through technique-wise to make it. If I'm doing a new technique, something I haven't tried before, it's going to take me longer. All right. Or if, in fact, you're making 25 gallons, for instance, yeah, the transfer times are going to be longer. Tran- exactly. And, and heating time is going to be worse. Yeah. It, it, it takes a lot longer to heat that much water. So this is going to be a long beer, even though it's, it's a rather low-gravity beer. It's going to yeah. be long to, okay. to make. All right, let's move on. You got the water uh, heating. Water's in. Water's heating. I'm start. I usually try to get. Uh, that's a good time. I can start hooking up hoses and making sure every the valves are in the right positions, and I'm not going to be spilling things on the floor. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> or, on, or on your foot. Or on my foot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, especially now. You won't even feel it on the one foot. No, <laughs> not for a while anyway. Not until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, hot work going down the cast. Oh, man. That would suck. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. So then we just start uh, working that up, and I, I, I try to keep one one step ahead of it, uh, what's coming up next, and think about that but instead of waiting until the time. Oh, I know i got to do something at 8. What's that? So we get that going. Once, that's, once I get the temperature up for both the hot liquor tank and the the mash tun, uh, that's when I stir in the grains. Get that stirred in pretty well and start my first uh, leg of my... I usually do step mashes. You do, okay. 
And once that's going, and I've got the step mash going, uh, then I'm pretty much recirculating all the time. I've got a recirculating system, and I just keep that going all the time. It's a lot easier to change. It keeps the more uniform temperature in the mash. Okay. Uh, and keep that at a level that I need. Then what will our strike temp be for this Dortmunder we're doing? We're going to start out with a uh, protein rest at about 113. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, beta-glucan rested at low, and then we're going to go into the low 40s probably, and then low-mid-50s probably, and then mash out. Yeah, mash okay. out. Mash out at uh, 170? With your cock out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what Chad does. I forgot. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's how Chad mashes Chad. out. But is that why you're here all the time, McDonald? Yeah, 168, 170. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll do that, and then we'll... Uh, uh, I I like a mash out. It keeps my beer where it's supposed to be. Uh, if it, if we're doing a long um, sparge, mm-hmm. your your uh, enzymes are still working, and they're gonna keep working and maybe make you a thinner beer than you really wanted. Okay. Or it'll change the change the beer, so I can stop all the enzymes pretty much if I do a mash out. Okay. It'll make for a clearer beer at the end. And we've covered this in other episodes if you want it more in depth. I think we did a whole mashing show right. where we covered this. Uh, it's like a sealant doing the mash out. Uh, right. It stops it, it all. the efficiency. You get more sugars out when they're looser. You do that too, Tasty? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always, yeah. Uh, yeah if, you're gonna, if you're doing a thick gummy beer, like a rye beer or a wheat beer, you're going to have trouble uh, getting the sugars out because everything... As it gets a little cooler, it's going to be thicker and gummier and syrupy. Yeah, gelatinous. Um, it's just it's it's easier to sparge and have a better runoff when it's a little hotter. Okay, that way. all right. It helps all the way around. So once I get that, I, I start the runoff and the and the sparge arm going. I'll usually once I get probably a couple of inches of uh, beer in the bottom of the kettle, I start a low flame. Because it's just gonna cool once it gets in there, and then I've got to once, I, and I don't wait till the thing's full to start the flame. Yeah, uh, then you're reheating the beer back up, and you, you can add another half an hour sometimes trying to get it to boil. Absolutely. See, that's something that Shat and I have to fix about our system. Uh, you know, our, ours is all gravity, but we don't have a brew stand, so we've got to put our kettle on the floor so that we can get the liquid from the mash tun. You see what I mean? Yeah. And then so we have to wait till we've uh, completely sparged, then we put the kettle back up on the burner and start heating it. You're right, and it adds a bunch of time. I'd much rather be able to we need to get that mash tun higher so that we can turn on the heat when we've got Sparks a couple inches in there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's a uh, um yeah, that, that's going to save a bunch of time. I, I think it'll probably save us at least thirty minutes being able to do that at, at minimum. Oh yeah. I mean, you. I would imagine you. You're close to boil by the time you're done sparging. Yeah, it's in right, the one like right by the time I'm done sparging. Okay. And how long? Um, you know, do you have a rule of thumb for the sparge? Do you want it to take an hour, uh, or is it just as long as it's nice and slow? You don't care how long. You see what I mean? Do you always go for? It's it's a. An eyeball thing. I look in there and see how fast it's coming out. If right. it's coming out too fast, then I know my uh, efficiency is going to go down. Okay. Um, I experiment with too fast, too slow, and it's just an eyeball thing. I know my system. I know how fast it comes out. It usually does take about forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when you say you experimented with too fast and too slow, did yeah. you notice some some really noticeable yeah. differences in your efficiency? Yeah. Yeah. If you went too fast, if I went too fast. I, I did lose. 
quite a bit of efficiency okay. out of it. If uh, there's one of I the, didn't hit uh, the numbers I was expecting basically, and that's what I don't like is when I don't hit my numbers. Right. You know, in terms of efficiency in homebrewing too, there's uh, Olin in one of the More Beer podcasts. It's a couple months ago. If you look on the More Beer site, you'll see it. He talks about uh, doing real quick. Um, mashes, sparges, and even boils. He talks about it, he, uh, this abbreviated brew day, and it's worth listening to. Go check it out. And what he talks about is, yes, I do lose efficiency, but I just so I so I right. do, I add more grain. I own the homebrew supply store. Yeah, he's he's in good shape. Well, but before the prices had gone up sure. just now, we all really could have done that. We're talking minimal, uh, you know, another pound of grain. How much is that? No, it's, it's a good point, right? Uh, Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. You could go faster if right. you didn't mind throwing in more grain to make up for the efficiency. I, I don't. I don't even mind less efficiency. It's just when I'm planning to hit certain numbers, my recipe relies on those certain numbers. Yeah. So I'm going to come up with a different beer. It might be a good beer, but it's going to be a different beer. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're getting to the next thing. As soon as I'm done uh, running off, and I've got. My, uh, I'll take a measurement of the volume, and then I'll take a, a hydrometer measure or a, a refractometer measure, and then I, I crunch some numbers, and I know where I'm supposed to be. I know how much water's going to come off, and I know how much I've got to boil. So I got my pre-boil numbers set, which tell me how much I'm going to have to boil off to hit my post-boil gravity, and that's what I'm shooting for. Okay. Hey JP, yo yo yo! Is, is this the, they they want us to recover mash out? Um, just briefly, and uh, someone asked in the chat, and uh, they answered in the chat. But um, you know, for just for the the uh, well, like I said, the, if there's a whole other show on, and I think we did a whole mash show where we covered it, but we, and we covered it pretty well here. It's yeah. essentially Doc will raise the temperature, not just the sparge water. Sparge water is something different, but his final temperature before sparging will be up around of the mash say, of the mash. Oh, well, six, at least one sixty eight. Don't want to go above 175. Okay. So he's uh, done all of his steps, which I think he said 113 will be his, his first step, and then it will go up to... In the uh, 40s, and then 150s, and then uh, then, it, then I'll mash out about 168 to 170. What it does is it kills off all the enzymes, so they're not active anymore. Once you obliterate the enzymes, they don't by cooling it back down, they don't come back. Do you have to leave it there for a time, or just once you get to 168? Okay. Just about ten minutes. It, it's all enzymes things. It's all a matter of time. It's a you know, time balance thing. Uh, you're not going to kill all your enzymes. So you 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 your strike water was too hot, and you were supposed to mash in at 152, and you're at 158. If you cool it down pretty fast, you'll still be okay. You're not. It's not an instantaneous kind of thing. Okay. All right, so leave it there for 10 minutes, and then you just start sparging yep. from there. Okay, great. Yeah, that was it. I think that's all it really needed, just a brief. Cool. Yeah. All right, then. Where are we? Um, We're now... Uh, Chad, can I get some water? Having please? finished sparge. Or something. You know, we, uh, something gotta, yeah, Chad. a little pause here. Uh, and boil it first. You yeah. mentioned the uh, drink. pre-boil versus the uh, post-boil? final post-boil gravity. So yeah. That's a point that uh, just drives me nuts. Uh, that's, that's really... You want to be able to repeat a beer. So in order right. to repeat... You make the same beer twice, you need to be able to hit that mm-hmm. pre-ball gravity the same way every time, which means you need to know your efficiency. Yeah. It is to be able to make, you know, start, you know, and it'll vary by which beer you're making. If you're making like a, a beer that requires lots of grain and you can only mash so much grain. With so much water. Start with so much water. You're, yeah. You're going to have a different efficiency. But if you know that and you can predict the uh, pre-ball gravity, that's, that's really... And if you miss the pre-ball gravity, your recipe is, is basically you can throw it out the window, right? Because yeah. now you're making either... Uh, a heavier beer or a lighter beer, and the hops you've you've 
programmed into your system are wrong. You need to change now, those hops. Your hop bitterness and your gravity units are going to the the ratio is going to be different. Yeah, you're making a different beer. And it's really it's it's a very valuable tool once you start using pre-boil gravity. Most I think novice brewers, certainly myself, you don't take gravity until you're until you're done boiling, and, and maybe not even then, of course. Yeah. Uh, but once I started using ProMash and realized all the functions and all the things I could figure out by taking a pre-boil gravity, mm-hmm. it really did. Um, I certainly didn't help me make good beer, but it changed uh, changed the way I looked at brewing. It, things stopped becoming hit or miss at the end of the boil. It stopped being like, oh, now I'm done boiling. Uh, let's find out if I hit my number. Jackpot, you know? Yeah. It became very predictable oh, yeah. taking a pre-boil gravity. Yeah. So it's an excellent point, McDowell. You really should be doing that. So you take your pre-boil gravity times your pre-boil volume, and you divide it by your post-boil gravity that you want to have it'll it'll tell you how many gallons uh that you're supposed to that if you boil down to those gallons you will hit your number oh i see and that's that's how pre-boil and post-boil relate okay so that's your way of dialing in what you need to dial in so if you've got one of those uh, fancy glass tubes on the side of your kettle or if you just have a stick that's what that I, I use a stick that you've marked exactly how many gallons are in your kettle on there that's a that's a ex- excellent right. tip there, Doc. Just boil down to that mark and you're good to go. Right. You know then that you're at mm-hmm. where you're it's supposed little, to be. It's just a little bit of arithmetic, and it's real yeah, easy. Yeah. The more you know, the more you you can do it because like if you know where it's going to be, you can you can recalculate where the 20 minute hops are added. Yeah. Not so much the clock. What's that? Uh, the gravity e- equation again? Uh. I like turtles. Pre- just put pre boil pre boil volume yeah. times pre boil uh, gravity equals post-boil gravity times uh, post-boil volume. And then whatever is your X value, solve for X. So divide, divide by the other one. Yeah, okay. And Because it, 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 it just works out that way. Because your gravity units, the same amount of sugar is going to be in there. It's just going to be more or less concentrated. Uh, if you know how much volume boils off your system per hour... You're gonna know. Say you can you boil off an hour per gallon per hour, or fifteen percent, or something, or whatever it is, and then so you know that uh, I got to boil off a gallon. You know they're gonna be boiling for an hour. Yeah, um, and so you'll know what your volume and how, what time it is. You can say you got to boil for an hour and fifteen minutes, but your your hop additions are set up for an hour. Well. Boil for 15 minutes and then start start with your hops at 60 minutes and then boil the rest of it that way. So okay. it's just a ways of tweaking it in. So you don't have to get all weirded out about uh, your well, numbers ahead of time. You can fix it. That's yeah. what breweries do. I mean, they get different crops of grains and stuff, and things vary. It's just they adjust to those things in, in flight. Like and that. we don't have to be consistent like they do for a different reason. they got to be consistent or nobody's going to buy their beer over and over again. We do it to be consistent so we can get what we planned. Yeah. Or if you end up with a great beer, you want to make it again. Right. Yeah. Or let's just, you could make a great beer uh, by missing all your numbers. Yeah. But it's going to be different than what you wanted. You just promised to your father-in-law to make him his favorite beer for his birthday, and he didn't do it. <laughs> he gives them completely different. Yeah. He won an 11% beer, and you got this cheap-ass 9% beer. What's the deal here? Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> it's one pissed-off, drunken dad. Yeah, it is. Pissed-off, sober dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Semi-drunken dad. You all right, JP? I like turtles. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, so have we started uh, our boil now? Yes. Okay. Uh, we've started our boil. We've taken our pre-boil numbers in the volume, and we've decided how far, we, uh, how long we have to boil, how far down we have to boil to. You can figure how long you need to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then when you need to add your hops. And remember, they always say 60 minutes from the end of the boil. This is not how long you get a boil. I'm adding my half 60 minutes to the end of the boil, 45 minutes till the end of the boil. You know, most like this this beer, we're going to be boiling for at least 90 minutes. Uh, it's a lot of Pilsner mall in there. I want to get rid of as much DMS as I can, and you're going to get rid of that by boiling. Uh, part of this tweaking this recipe was these hops are different, so I have to t- it's how when I put the hops in and how much hops I put in. Yeah. So I'm not going to be boiling the hops for 90 minutes, most likely. I'm going to be boiling for 60 minutes. Okay. So I planned on that ahead of time, but we're still going to be boiling for 90 minutes. And one thing you do, regardless that uh, I had asked you about once, too, is um, you do wait for the protein break before yes. you add hops, no matter what. Because yep. of that whole, because you don't want to lose, you have a foam over and lose them. Oh, uh, there's that, and it helps with the coagulation. Of the that it helps it helps with the the hop utilization. Okay. So new guys, what we're talking about basically is you know you get that point where you you either boil over or you almost boil over, depending on how prepared you are. That's the that protein break we're talking yeah, I get, about. I get the boil going. And then you start to see, after about five to ten minutes, you start to see the egg drop soup looking thing with these, uh, floaties just churning around in there. Once you hit that, that's the hot break. Yeah. Once you get that going, then you can start adding the hops in there. After it settles down and kind of... After you, after you, as soon as you start seeing the egg drop soup thing going, then you can start, start adding the, uh, hops in there. And be careful. If you dump them all in there, you're going to get a boil over. Yeah. That way too. Trickle them in there. Yeah. Yeah. Throw them in there a little at a time, but it's just it's just a better utilization to, okay. to get the a hot break going first. All right. So and then um, so you do your regular hop additions. That's pretty standard. You know we know what time they're supposed to go in. You're following the recipe. Right. There has been some talk about when to put in the Werflock, like the basic instructions. They say 20 minutes. People have said on this show, um, people that I trust have said you should do it at the end, like five minutes, that it will work better really close to the end. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Well, I thought it was 10. I guess I'm in the you middle. You thought 10, yeah. yeah. I've heard people that put them in there half an hour or two. Really? Well, um, do you think it makes a difference? I haven't seen any difference. Okay. Uh, I like to leave them boiling around in there for at least you know 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. I, need to, I, I want them in the boil. I want them to help coagulate stuff because basically they're going to more help with the cold break. And the more that they can get in there and work and help coagulate some of these proteins and stick them together into bigger pieces that are going to drop out, the better. All right. So it doesn't, doesn't mean boiling for, for half an hour or anything, or for an hour. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I had just. I think that people have come in and said, you know, thirty minutes, and you, you, you may not get the coagulation you want. It's in there for too long. They they wanted it closer to the end so that it you do get that coagulation you're talking about. I usually go fifteen or twenty. Okay. Usually. Unless I forget about them, and then they're, they're, <laughs> Don't do it yeah, they're sitting on the bench. Yeah. And, oh. yeah. Well, that's a great tip. You said to put it in with your, uh, you know, twenty-minute hop edition or your ten-minute right. hop edition. Uh, that way, if it's you're not going to forget your, to put your hops yeah. in. And if you're still using Irish moss, uh, hydrate it first. Uh, don't throw it in there dry. Okay. Uh, put it in a cup of water, a cup of warm water, and let it sit. I usually put it. In, I used to do it right at the beginning of the boil. I would have a cup with some Irish moss in there. 
that a lot of times didn't get thrown in. <laughs> but uh, go to that trouble, rehydrate it first, and then put it in. Okay. And it works a lot better that way. What about quantity? Like, you're making 20 gallons, so how much more flock you putting in? How many tablets, I'll per se? put usually three, maybe four hmm. in there. So you are sticking to the the one tablet per yeah. five gallon rule. Hey, it's their product. Let them tell me how to use it. Yeah, yeah. See, I know, and that's what I we always follow too. And then I wish I could remember who it was that came in here and said it. Yeah. With our ten gallon batch, I'm only putting in one now. And whoever yeah, said it was too. like, you know, you're doing fine with one. It's more than enough. Is was what it Jose? Maybe somebody at B3, I think, said that. Or something. I don't or maybe know. Maybe it was Jamil. I want to well, see. I always do that to poor Jamil. I don't want to say it was Jamil because I'm always quoting him, and he's and he writes me, and he's like, dude, that wasn't me. I think it was Grammers. Might have been Chris Graham. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we heard that from uh, from one of the reps at uh, Brewer Supply Group. I think it was Ian actually who told us that. Well, let's say it this way: you're not hurting anything by putting in more, no, are you? Like, no, it's not like you're putting twenty of them in there. Yeah, yeah. I put one in my ten gallon batches, and I mean, I just I'm not going to sit there and, and get a pill cutter and cut it all properly. <laughs> who cares, man? I, I've, I've come up where I've had I've come up short. I, mean, I haven't had enough of them. Yeah, but you're just and I don't cry about stuff. it. Yeah. Okay. And then you'll just put you know a couple in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, if, if I'm if I got some in there, I'm happy. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, Doc, the chat is really bummed that you're not boozing it up right now. <laughs> they're like they're like oh, so mellow. People huh? who just you know they're slowly trickling in and like oh man, Doc sounds hammered. They're like no, he's just doped up. And like oh, that's not cool. <laughs> oh yeah, druggies on this program. <laughs> I'm not feeling any pain right now. <laughs> that's good. I gotta say, it is kind of a different show. It's a different feel in here than it has been yeah. uh, of late. But I think I'm, it's actually kind of refreshing. It's very slow moving and deliberate, but I'm not bored. I mean, usually when they're like this, I'm bored out of my mind. I need it to be a little more fast paced, but it's not boring at all. You're doing fine, Doc. Yeah, thanks for the spotlight here. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're hovering dog. about a foot above that chair you're sitting in, but uh, you're doing fine. There is no doc, only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Speedy, what else we got going on? Okay, so if I'm putting anything else in the beer, uh, spices or uh, with a wit like lemon zest or orange zest, things like that, i got to make some time to do that. Uh, when you're zesting... Uh, citrus fruit, it takes a lot longer than you think it does. Yeah. It's not a 10 minute thing, scrape some peels and throw it in there. It takes a lot longer. So allow time for that. Also, I always start to get real mellow about this time in the, in the process where I forget that I've got a dirty con, dirty conical or thing that I gotta get, get that going. Yeah. So once everything's sparse, I've got a, um, a counterflow chiller i've got to sanitize so what i do with that i start i put some more water back in the hot liquor tank and boil it get it boiling and i've i i put the counterflow chiller on a loop mm-hmm. so it goes back in there and i pump it through and the boiling water sanitizes that it just pumps it around and around through the uh, chiller and back into the hot liquor tank you said pump it yeah so you don't worry about chemicals at all for that sanitation just boiling water no, i just use boiling water. it's all metal and it's, it's been washed out i wash it out as soon as i'm done with it yeah with the boiling water too uh so i don't worry too much about it. i really don't want to put chemicals on my copper okay i worry about leaching things or changing the copper all right uh or not maybe not get it all rinsed out so i i just it's just so easy just to pump boiling water through it. Okay. Except pump again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So See, I got to make sure that you don't just get 
lackadaisical in the middle. Oh, it's boiling, and you're just sitting there having a couple of beers with whoever's <laughs> around. And then, oh, it's time to end the boil. Yeah. And I haven't put the chill in. I haven't got anything going. Then it just slows it all back down. And again. you get stressed out. You don't want stress. And then I get stressed out you again. You don't want stress, so man. I just keep keep moving on. Sometimes I have a checklist. Sometimes I don't. Depends on if I got more than one or two people brewing with me, oh. I can get sidetracked real easy. Yeah. So because they're asking me questions about what's this for, what's that for, and uh, I I do not look forward to sanitizing conicals and putting lines together and stuff like that. So I, it's not that fun. So I'll easily get sidetracked and do something else. Yeah. So you got to remember that you got to have the other equipment ready to go. And I don't want to sanitize my conicals the night before. Right. Uh, I pretty much have it done right there. Okay. So once I get everything, uh, once the boil's coming to an end, I put the, I use a uh, immersion chiller too. I want to get it down, I, I whirlpool, so I want to get it down below or around 100 as fast as I can. And I can't really do that with the with the counter flow. Ah, so you're doing both. I do both. Because it'll, it'll, it'll drop it down really fast from 212 down to 110 or so, and that's down below DMS level. Let me ask you this about the immersion chiller. I think a lot of people are using this. Um, what do you do to clean that before you're putting it in? I scrub it, get it clean. Uh, Star Sand cleans it up pretty good. It gets all the, uh, uh, it's, an a, it's an acid solution, so it gets yeah. a lot of the corrosion and stuff off of it. So that's all I, I do. The, I just mostly get the crud off of it. I And then I put it into the boil about 15 minutes ahead of time, and, and that'll sanitize. As long as it's clean, I'm not putting gummy crap back in my but you're not worried if it's discolored and stuff and it's always gonna be right no i don't i don't okay not unless it's got you know old stuff stuck to it right but as long as it's not clumpy it's right as long as it's just a little bit that coppery color yeah a little bit sure comes out of the boil shiny yeah (laughs) well that goes into the beer too see i worry about it because a it looks very germy to me, and that kind of freaks me out. But there's no other way to clean. I'm also too lazy to scrub the thing down too much. If you put in a bucket of star sand, it'll get really clean. Okay. That's pretty much what I do. I do yeah. that. I'll rub it with a with a, a sponge, and then I'll put it and in. And there's schools of thought that say you shouldn't put the clean stuff in there. Other people say you shouldn't put the, the tarnished stuff in there. And hmm. All right. Whatever makes it feel better. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. Just, Ain't making or breaking my beer, that's right. for sure. Just just clean it. I scrub it off with a with a with a scouring pad when i'm done just to get you know the hot break off of it yeah and everything the other thing i do is i'm using um you know jameel's immersion slash whirlpool right. uh device you go to um go to mr multi dot com and you'll see what i'm talking about if you don't know so you know you'll take boiling water and run it through your counterflow. right i can't do that i don't have an extra vessel or so, counterflow. uh Right, but I am running wort through this pipe in the uh, yeah. It, so it's so it's the same principle in terms of it's touching copper that I've not sanitized. So I put that in, and I'll come out the bottom of the kettle. I'll take the boiling wort. So fifteen minutes to the end of the boil, right. and I'll yeah. just run that wort through it and right back in. Right. It's as long as it's uh, it's boiling water, it's boiling wort. It's still it's fine. But you know, I'm putting a bunch of goop in there still. Uh, rinse it out with water when you're done. Rinse yeah. it out before you start. You'll be okay. Okay. All right. Good. Just always worried about the goop. 
Uh, yeah, you should. It's boiled goop, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially if your goop is discolored or clumpy. Yeah. Then you should go see a doctor. Yeah. So just make sure. <laughs> you you, and yeah. if your goop burns when it comes out, <laughs> you should also go see a doctor. If. Yeah. <laughs> when. No. Okay. Um, well, hey, just uh, before you guys get off the subject of copper, there's a couple questions in the chat um, that are best expressed via my voice. I think. <laughs> um, okay. What if? What if the copper is green? Uh, people are saying that's bad. That's like poison. Okay. Uh, and what if it's discolored at all? Um, like especially like green and blue, like not just tarnished, not not right. that black discoloration. But yeah, actual n- not colors. just like from you. Yeah, actual multiple o- colors. Okay. Yeah, okay. N- and not copper colored. Yeah, no, I would yes. get rid of that somehow. Just get, get just like it. scrub it off. You scrub it off. Uh, like yeah. I said, Star Sam works Lend it well. to a friend. <laughs> yeah, lend it to a friend. Let him let give him it to a new guy. It. See if it's all right. And it, I mean, it's hard to get in uh, in between the. Uh, the rings, yeah, of the chiller. Yeah. But it's a big pain in the ass. Yeah, but you can spread them apart, yeah, and uh, and then and then uh, scrub and then push them back together. I mean, <laughs> copper's pretty malleable. So, so much work. I know. But yeah, if it's but, if you got green gunk, you got to do that, it right? Off beforehand and let it dry. It's not going to turn that color. So if you're getting that sort of thing, you're doing something wrong in the first place. Yeah. Is what you're saying? Okay. Treat it a little bit better next time. Yeah. Or you can soak it. I've soaked it in like light vinegar solution. Vinegar it. solution. You get some. Muriatic acid, which is like pool yeah. acid. Okay, and just dilute it a lot and make a make just a slight acidic acid in a in a uh, five gallon bucket. Put yeah. it in there; it'll come out really clean. Okay, and just make sure you you rinse it really well and then dry it. What about PBW? Will that do the same thing to it? A bucket nah. of PBW? No. Okay, it'll clean the gunk off of it, but it won't it, it won't, won't take do that the, stuff. It, it won't do the tarnish thing. Okay. All but right. Yeah, if you got the green and black and Bluish, yeah. Get, don't put that in your beer. Okay. All right, uh, we're gonna break soon, so let's get moving a little bit. Uh, okay. So you've you've researched your counterflow chiller. You've got that ready to go. And I'm whirlpooling. Yeah. Uh, so once everything, I turn the flame off, and I'm whirlpooling. I cover it. Okay. And get the get the whirlpool going. Let I whirlpool for probably about ten or fifteen minutes before I even get the chiller going. Okay. So you're keeping it hot up yeah. there while you're doing mm-hmm. the whirlpool. Yep. All right. And and then how? And then actually, how long? I don't even. I don't even cover it at that point. You don't. Okay. Because no. you still want. It's to still hot enough. Still above temp. It's still above. It's still steam's coming off it. Yeah. So then, I'll start the chiller, get it down as fast as I can, uh, down below you know a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty. Then we're then we're more in the safe zone. It's covered by that point. Uh, get everything hooked up, uh, water-wise, um, with my other chiller. For the counterflow. Con- con- the conicals, probably at this point already, it still has, uh, star sand in it. Yeah. Uh, with the star sand, I don't fill my whole conical all the way up. I'll use it, use it, I'll fill it partly way with the star sand solution, and I use a, I'll use a sponge, new sponge. I don't use the old one. Good idea. I get a, a new sponge, and I use it. I just sponge the sides. Yeah. Do you use a new sponge every brew session? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. See, I don't trust. You guys think I'm a germaphobe. Listen to this guy. I don't know what's been in the sponge. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to use it that I use my uh, bottle brush to Yeah, bottle brush will work. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but, you know, Costco, you can get the, the Brick-O. Brick-O sponge. Brick-O sponges. Yeah. And they're cheap. Use it once, toss it. Yeah. Okay. And I use it on. I'll, I won't use you to toss it. I'll, I'll, oh, that, that'll be the next cleaning. Bro- I'll throw my oh. old one. Throw the old one, and that's my new uh, scrubbing 
Ah, okay. Uh, sponge for around the brew house. Just not your sanitation sponge. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So then I'll get that drained and I'll put that into a keg, you see. I don't just dump it out. It's good that you drain it. I drain, yeah. <laughs> you know anybody uh, that has Some people don't do that all the time. Well, since this is the old, kicking it old school show, we might as well rehash it. Yes, it's good to drain it. Don't, uh, don't leave the star sand in your fermentation vessel. Right. So next thing is, uh, uh get, I, I keep this star sand and I'll put it into a keg. So, and it stays good as long as the keg's sealed. Okay. Uh, get all the hoses hooked up, start running off, and especially if I'm doing a, a logger, I want to get it into the conical as cold as I can get it. Okay. I'm a cold pitcher. You are? Yeah. All right. So I want to get it really cold. I don't rely on the conical to bring the temperature down. It takes way too long, way too much energy. So I try to get it in the conical as cold as I can, and that mostly has to do I'll use a pre-chiller. Uh, the tap water runs through my my first uh, immersion chiller that I made myself in an ice bucket. So it actually pre-chills my chilling water. So it's almost, you know. Yeah, it, almost freezing. Almost freezing. Yeah. Uh, it cools it down, and then it's a matter of how fast you're running it through there. If you run it through fast, it's not going to cool down. If you run it through pretty slow, it, it'll it'll work fine. You hear that, Shat? Shat yes. argues with me about this every time, about the speed that your water should be traveling through your immersion chiller. That's not, no, that's, I'm talking about the beer speed traveling through there same difference though you want it to be in contact with the copper for a longer period of time rather than a short period of time because it will draw off more of the heat yeah well it, you're looking if you're depending on how fast you're running your chilling water through there it, it has to do with the efficiency and how much water you're going to be losing yeah uh you can run it through as fast as you want it's still going to take as much same amount of heat out of there so yes. with the when but we you're do, waste a lot more water see I was pumping my water through my immersion chiller as fast as I could. You could. And you came over and saw that, Doc, and you said you'll be more efficient in drawing off heat if you slow that down. You're more efficient in not wasting water. Wasting water. Yeah. Mm. If you don't care about the water, like you're doing, it's great. Let it rip. Well, there you Uh, go, Shad. You've been right all along. I'll stop arguing. If you slow it down way too much, then it's going to get to a point where it's not going to be taking out enough heat. So is that how old school we are? Is we're complimenting Shet? Yeah, I guess Hey, what so. about the whirlpool? When do you stop? Like, okay, so you got your whirlpool and the water running. You cut the water, cut the whirlpool, and do you wait like 10 minutes before you transfer? Yes. Or if if not more. Uh, you don't even have, if you've been, if you've been whirlpooling long enough, it's going to be already in a cone. Okay. Already, I like that. So, and I have to cut off, uh, the whirlpool to revalve so I can have it, have the work go through the other chiller. So I can't be doing it at the same time. I can't be pulling off uh, the wort at the same time. But there's still a bunch of junk floating around that world. You want the whirlpool to stop. You can. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. A few minutes. Well, then you start, when you start drying off and it's whirlpooling, you're not taking that much off at a time. No, you're not. The whirlpool's not going to sense that. I'm going to be pulling off pretty slow yeah. coming out of there because I don't want it to go through the other chiller really fast. If I'm doing an ale, it's not too bad. Mm. Uh, but for a logger, I'm going to try to get it down to 50. Wow, you're, you're transferring it to the to the conical at fifty. Good lord, that's a super chiller. Yeah. Wow. So who does that? Nobody does that. Well, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Okay. Do you do? Can you? Are you transferring uh, that cold too? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty much. Uh, 
How te- how what temperature are you drinking? Well, I do it. My wa- I I don't use ice, so uh, yeah. My water is my water, and if I uh, if it's too hot, I uh, I'll take fi- I put five gallons in a sanitized uh, keg. Yeah, and put it in a cooler overnight. Ah, and I'll pitch in the morning. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Shame on you. Wait in overnight. Well, I'd rather pitch in the morning than pitch high. Yeah. Yeah. And you <laughs> use the Therminator as your t- yeah. Well, yeah, but the, my water temperature. Too. I mean. Terminator, counterflow, whatever. Yeah. It's your temperature of your water that really drives the whole thing. Hence the ice bath. Yeah. yeah. It's a pre-chiller that runs through. Because you got these guys in Texas and Florida, they're, their tap water is 75, 80 degrees in the summertime. Yeah, you got to pre-chill that. They, well, then, yeah. It's, or you should. Oh, they're, they're not going to get much much help out of that. If you're going to use an ice bath, you don't need to use it for the first 80 to 90 degrees. Just save it. Okay. Just use your regular tap water to get it down to that point. Then switch over to a pre-chiller with ice, a ice bath. And you can use a, a pre-chiller a lot of different ways. Uh, one of the things, uh, that I, I started and some other people have done is they just take an old garden hose, a longer one, they put it in one of those red muck buckets or, you know, yeah. trash can, mm-hmm. and they Flow water into that, in, and it's coiled up into this trash can, and put ice water in the trash can, and then it comes back out, and that's their pre-chiller, mm. and it works pretty well. Yeah. So you don't have to build or buy anything else. Uh, ice can be pretty cheap. You can take anything you want. I mean, you got everybody's got room in their freezer. Uh, just take some Tupperware, or I, I use uh, pint liter pint pet I, bottles. I, I use, yeah, I use a. Uh, you know these kind of bottles that are you know just just water bottles. Water bottles. Uh, freeze those. Throw those in there. It's free ice. You, know, you just got the space in the ref- in the freezer. You got to use. If you're in the desert, you go to the ice store. Just want everyone to know to remember. Go to the ice. They have store. those. Yeah, they have an ice store. Of course they do. It's a desert. And just make ice at home at the desert. You go no, to the ice you store. You wouldn't need to. You there's a lot store. of ice stores. They probably need them more there than we would hear. Yeah. Truck drives by, little ice guy on it. It's from the ice store. Trucks. Right. Here's a question from the chat for you. Um, wants me to ask you. He says, I use an immersion whirlpool chiller, just like mine. I'm creating too many... Uh, he says, I am creating too many sheer forces and having trouble with loose trube piles. Should I be pumping faster or slower? <laughs> Faster. Yeah, always faster. I would, I would think, uh, if he could probably reorient his, uh, return, the, the thing that goes in that makes the whirlpool. Uh huh. Just, you know, bend the copper around so you get a better whirlpool out. Try that first. Okay. Maybe it's not a efficient enough Maybe it's whirlpool. not an efficient enough whirlpool that it's yeah, not the, the right angle. The right angle on it. Yeah, sometimes it's not how fast or slow you go, it's the angle you drive. Oh, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Just saying. You know, <laughs> not that I, so I would try that first and see what happens. Uh, I, you know, I've tried the whirlpool when I first started out about stirring it. Yeah, do I stir real fast? Do I stir real slow? Do I keep stirring just constantly? And it's amazing the things we worry about as yeah. home brewers. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, think about it. We get so detailed about these things. Who gives a shit? Well, keep in mind it's our <laughs> escape. If we have I to know. escape to it, we have to. I mean, we're supposed to. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. There would be nothing to talk about if we stopped uh, exactly. harping on these details. Right, yeah. It just sometimes I sit back and go, "Good lord, <laughs> what are we talking about? Are we in or what?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everybody hears about something new, but I've never been whirlpooling before. Yeah. Yeah. 
My beer shit. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna take a break, and even if we have to wrap this segment up after the break, that's fine. Okay. Um, we're still gonna get to, uh, fin- you know, fermenting, finishing, and and those kind of things. We're gonna cover all, right. all of that stuff. Uh, so let's let's do that. Uh, let everybody take a pee break. Um, when we come back, we're gonna wrap things up with Doc. When are you gonna um, disclose things? I still have a groundbreaking oh. announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we'll do that after the Doc discussion. Can you give some hints? Is it a, of a personal nature? Is it a professional nature? Is it a all of the sexual? above? All of the above. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss out. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from John. Science Park. The brewing underground, I rush home. What's with the abacast stream? Goddamn, it's almost time. Why don't you work? Fucking thing, it's 502. I reboot, as at iTunes. I hope Justin made the free FM commute. I'm on, thank God, not a moment too soon. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't crack, motherfucker, when you do your risking. Oh, too, I'll hail the Pope Jay Z. Do like I told you, do what he say. Well, okay, at least mostly, and hit that fucking whirlpool vigorous. Sometimes I don't, and I won't bitch more than a little bit. Vile of that sweet shit that likes like that arrow bitch Damn, my east will not prove And fucking booze being rude Boom, that goes to blow off tube And fuck this old chat room I want out, Justin Chef That goes my chocolate stout And I never wanna hear the word run high Skip out, I give up 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen Jamil, JP, Johnny G I can't think, I can't think But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear Screaming drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink The beat is Silver and gold. The BN. But do I bitch form a cold? The BN. Crew get unrefined. The Bruin Network. Life saved five gallons at a time. The BN. Got me going for a silver and gold. The BN. Don't know to bitch form a cold. The BN. Crew get unrefined. The Bruin Network. Life saved five gallons at a time. I need some TBN. Bah! What a shock. There's always holding his stock. Tick tock. The visa's unlocked. Shot. Knock, knock, dock. Can you walk the walk? Pull out an airlock. A cock in his world flock. There's no my box. Into the mash goes a butt crack. Like a true breeder. It's type of pale ale, my man. Boogie. Flu 
Thanks for you beer nerds, that's how you just heard The only man I know whose name is a cuss word Come hang with James, I'm a jest and haggaday And no one understands a word Daniela says Either biscuit the pit bull or code right in full Well sniff your crack if you got the Jane hat Do line excel, push my hat Go dip how mad bet trans is a low fat And lunch me some grab ass And what about Crouch Rock? He's more than just down the block And then there's homegrown hops He's missing just like us No, I don't know, I can't see, I can't see But then I hear Dark's little voice in my ear And then who's gonna be out in the desert with me? The B.A.R. be going for a silver or gold The B.A.R. But do my bitch warm or cold The B.A.R. Crew, get unrefined The Bruin Network I save five gallons at a time The B.A.R. be going for a silver or gold The B.A.R. You wrote another hook to the song, hell yeah What about a shun beneath C, come like don't find me I'm talking about the way your funk makes me call D White bros, come on Chris, go ahead and ship me a vibe On the sweet little hoes, that's a big fat red head It must be Sean O'Bet, or it could be Roger's ass smacked I'm my hit third this, bitch, a flying donkey fist Calling Katie's a shit, downtown mad scientist Drizzle bizzle, my man Chris Graham, next to Morgan I hope A-O-N-D proves to be hot I could have mixed it with chocolate and vagina. It still wouldn't help. Drink! Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Thanks for hanging in there with us. It's the session. Kicking it old school with Doc. We're talking about uh, his brew day. And uh, we're most of the way through it now. Wait, you brew beer, Doc? Oh, once in a while. At your home? Right now. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> you start over? 888-401-BEER. You can join JP in the chat room. Uh, the good thing about that is that there's a lot of other people besides JP in the chat yeah. room that you can hang out with. And uh, they're your fellow uh, soldiers in the BN Army. So hit the chat now button, and if you've got questions, you can get them through that way. Uh, okay, we're going to try to get through the remainder of uh, Doc's uh, brewing procedures here in this segment. So uh, let's get to it. We've now uh, chilled and trans. Our wort is sitting in uh, one of Doc's conicals. In the conical. And it's uh, unbelievably, it's already 50 degrees. Yep. Uh, i got to make sure it is. Sometimes if it's not, then I'll do the McDowell. Well, I'll, I'll wait. Ah, okay. I'll set it and wait to get it wherever I need it. Uh, I'll take a gravity reading at that point. Um, and I should be right where I want it to be. Okay. Usually it is. Yeah. If it's not, 
it's too late. At that point, it's too late. It's too late, but it's either, it's it, at least I'll have it for my records now, and I can put it back in and for notes. Okay. And things later. Uh, so you are writing all of this stuff down all the way through the process thus right. far. Your pre-boil, everything. I'll usually uh, print out my pro mash uh, session. I'll, I'll I'll print that out, put it on a clipboard, and then I make notes as I go. So let's say I didn't, I, maybe I added more or less hops because I just felt like it. Um, I had, I'll, I'll put, or when I put them in, I screwed up and I didn't put them in at yeah. 40 minutes. I put them in at 30. I'll make a note. Just the exceptions. Yeah, the exceptions. Right. Yeah. I'll cross this out and put that in right. there. And when I put these in, I'll even make how long it took me to boil, how long it takes to go from this to this. It's just like little notes at that. And then when I go back, I don't have a computer in the, in the brew house. Mm-hmm. So when I go back to my computer, I can, Put this stuff back in the notes thing. So okay. I, I know. So you're not saving the papers. That was actually a question I had. Because if I write stuff about the brew day on paper, I just like have this stack of crap around that gets thrown away. If I don't put it on the computer, it's um, it just it's like I got a clipboard right here, and it just that just stays on the clipboard. So now I have a clipboard with paper on it. So just a pile of papers over there. So you do keep the papers for uh, until I until I enter them. Just until once that. I enter them, then they're gone. Good. I don't okay. I don't want to leave them around any for that. So uh, let's say we are at pitching temperature i go ahead and pitch uh i'll oxygenate i use an oxygen wand oxygenate for a few minutes uh how many minutes it just depends on how many minutes you know not more than three minutes or so two minutes okay uh then depending on the beer whether i put foam control in there or not hang on one sec um you also you move the wand around. That's why you use a wand, right? So you can move it around within the wort, or do you just is it I use stationary? It, it stays in the bottom. It's in the conical. I usually I put it through the top hole in the conical, ah. and so it reaches all the way to the bottom, it right right into the bottom, as far down as it can go. So it'll, it'll bubble up through the most amount of wort that it can. Okay. Uh, when it's when I'm using the Erlenmeyer, I use it to stir the Erlenmeyer, so it actually gets more contact time. Uh, uh, it, whatever, if I have, if it's bubbling through the top, that's pretty much wasted O2 because it's all coming off the top. It's not going back in the solution. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how fast you put it in, it's how much is, is wasted at that point. So, okay. uh, I get the O2 going with that one. Then that, by that time, let's say I brewed all day and by the time I get cleaned up and I pitch, say it wasn't at the right time, but I, I pitch it nine at night or something before I go to bed or, uh, I'll get up in the morning, just like anybody else on my way to work. I gotta go out and check my beer first. Yeah. And if it's not fermenting, I have left enough time that I oxygenate again. Okay. And I have the, I have the luxury I can come home at lunch. I live that close to my office. And if it's still not fermenting, say the big beer or a lager or something, it gets oxygen again. Really? I'll oxygenate about every. Every six, eight hours, as long as it's not fermenting. And you're just talking about a visual check of the airlock. If yeah. Nothing. If there's no activity, if it's not vi- vigorously going. Yeah. Uh, then I'm, you know, it's probably fermenting at some level, even if it's not coming through the airlock. Okay. Uh, but uh, as long as it's not really in full ferment, I'll oxygenate it again, especially with my big Belgian beers, because I really want to give them as much oxygen. The oxygen is going to dissipate all on its own. So you put it in there eight hours ago, it's gone. Yeah. And that, it's not that the yeast used it up, and they have used a bunch of it up, but uh, you, it's going to dissipate. It's going to come out of solution anyway, so you need to put it back in there. Okay. If you've got a, a lot of yeast, a lot of beer, and a lot of sugar, put the yeast in there. Keep doing it. All right. 
All right. So then I just kind of monitor what the temperature is. Uh, I'll let it uh, ferment. Say it's a lager we're doing. I'll let it ferment out. So it takes a week, maybe. It's kind of you just kind of know you you're watching the gravity, you're watching the bubbles. You kind of know when it's going to be done. I'll wait another day or so, and then I'll I'll let let it rise to get do a diastole rest. To what? So if so, what's your lager temp? Let's let's say this Dortmunder. What are you going to ferment at? Fifty. Okay. So at the end, uh, so let's say seven days. Yeah. Um, now you're going to let it rise. I'll let it go. Yeah, I'll let it go up to low sixties, probably. I won't. I won't go up to seventy or anything. Okay. Uh, so you'll just turn off the cooling mechanism and let it rise naturally yeah. to uh, low sixties. Yeah. Okay. And once it gets up to where it's going to go, and then I'll leave it there for a day and. Put it back down. I, sometimes I don't even do that. Okay, it depends on the beer. Uh, and what is the point of that? Uh, it's a diacetyl rest. It's to help uh, the yeast reuptake the diacetyl that they produced. Okay. Uh, in in the beer, they're going to do it anyway, just because it's a little bit faster. Okay, that's what I was going to yeah, ask. They would if you left it there for a while. They do it now. If I got a lot of time, like this beer, I don't. Yeah, I'd leave it there for a couple of weeks. I'd leave it two weeks on the yeast, and I wouldn't have to do. Anything to, I wouldn't have to let it rise. Okay. Let the temperature go up or anything. I just, which is usually how I do it. All right. This one I'm going to have to goose it along a little bit. Okay. So it's just a. Extended lagering in this beer. Right. I'm not going to have the extended lagering on. And I'm not going to have extended fermentation time. I'm going to have to get it out of the conical so I can get more time. So the dowser rest is really important here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So once we, you know, get. get And that's just for a day, you said, if you do it. Yeah, or so, day and a half. It depends on what my schedule, if I can't get right in there. It doesn't have to be 24 hours on the nose. Okay. And then you'll crash it. I'll I'll put it, yeah, I'll put it back down. Sometimes at that point, a lot of times I'll just take it right out of the conical at that point. Well, it's warm, yeah. Well, and I don't, it takes too long for the conical to get it back down. There's no reason Uh. for it. It's a lot of energy to do it that way. So I'll just put it into, uh, my tanks. And I'll, I'll put in, I use bright tanks. I'll okay. Put, I'll put it in there. It's got a shortened dip tube on it. Okay. Uh, so it's just a corny keg with a shortened. Cor- yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll usually put uh, gelatin finings in there. Uh, get it all kegged up in there. I rock and roll the keg around quite a bit, upside down. Roll it around. I want to get that gelatin really uh, dissolved in there, dispersed in there, and then it goes into the the cold freezer. Okay. And I get, get, get as close as I can to the 32 as I can. Oh, you will? Okay. 34, something like that. I'll leave it for a week at that point, and then I'll rack it. Ah, okay. And then I'll rack it to another carboy, or another uh, conical, uh, conical uh, corny. Another corny. Uh, right. Once I get it to that one, I'll check them at that, but I'll, I'll pull, pull a, a sample off in a glass, and it's amazing how all, all four con- cornies are going to be different, too. Really? Sometimes one's a little bit cloudier than the other, and sometimes it's a little bit more, just a little bit different. Is that just the nature of the gelatin? Uh, I think, or just uh, maybe you got more yeast in in the last one. Yeah. Okay. Well, you rack them off serially, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know. And I I, I mark which ones conical one, two, three, and four, so Mm -hmm. I know if they're different, which ones are going to be which. Mm -hmm. I know the last one I'm going to get more yeast come through than on the first one. Right. I might have more oxygen in one of them than the other one. Yeah. Uh, always, and I always purge the the cornies before I rack into them. Purge them with CO2. Right. I've just started doing that. Uh, Chris Graham got me doing that because he 
laughed at me like I was a big jerk every time I told him I didn't, and, he, <laughs> and I didn't like that very much. No, it's uh, it's easy to do. You just attach CO2 to it like you were going to pour beer out of it, right? And uh, you know, pull up the uh, the popper on the top and purge it. Right. And it's, it, um, you know what I. I think I've actually noticed a difference in my beer. It went from real bad yeah. to pretty bad. I, I put uh, a black body connect, uh, a black quick disconnect, and I, and I actually pump it through the long dip tube from the bottom up, so it forces the O2 out from the bottom. Ah, interesting. And it comes out oh. that way. Uh, you don't have to do it if you're drinking your beer really fast. Yeah, it's it's oxygen pickup is going to stale your beer, but it, it's going to take a while. So if you're going to have that stuff stick around... If you're going to lager this thing for four yeah. to eight weeks, yeah, you don't want any oxygen. Yeah, around here, this place, this place here, it makes no difference. They drink them as soon as they're done. Yeah. I'm surprised Flat, you don't put a straw whatever. right in the ferment. Yeah. Well, I, don't see, I don't know why they put them in kegs. Well, we haven't figured out a way to get it carbonated that fast. Otherwise, we probably would. Oh, that's we don't, do that. We don't like it flat. Uh, as soon as it's got a couple bubbles in there... I mean, we'll do the shake method, McDole. Don't get me wrong. Oh. We'll get a oh, couple you know bubbles shake. in okay, there. Yeah, we'll, no, we don't just put it in there and go for it. We right. shake it for a couple of minutes. I mean, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, that's what I heard. You're only good for 30 seconds on the <laughs> yeah. shake thing. Oh, you, <laughs> you guys have had, oh, there's, there's a new uh, keg on, on the tapper over there. Uh, it's not quite cold enough yet. <laughs> so? <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, that's true. Doc's like, what do you got on tap? Uh, well, we got a lot of stuff on tap. Uh, you want it to be cold and carbonated or not? <laughs> yeah, we don't care. Okay, so but the oxygen is important if you're going to have it stick around. So that's an easy step. If you're a kegger like Doc and the rest of us here, you should. You there's no reason you shouldn't be purging your kegs with CO2. Um, just why not? It'd be easy. Well, especially on beers that you're going to have around a while. If you're making a barley wine, they really yeah. be good in about a year or two. Yeah. Really watch it there because that's when you want to have the minimal amount of oxygen in it. Okay. Yeah. If you're, yeah, it's just, just, it's not that hard to do. Yeah. One extra little step that you can do. Uh, then once I get into the other kicks, I'll let it, I don't even carbonate it at this point. You I don't? Just, okay. I just, I let it sit. Let it do its thing. Uh, till, you know, a couple of days before I'm going to be serving it or it's got to go. Ah. Sometimes the night before. And I'll usually add the carbonation at that point. Is there a reason for that or it's just your routine? I like it. I don't like my routine for one thing, but I, I kind of always wonder if the, the carbonic acid is going to change things for the yeast. Really? As it's lagering, you mean yeah. just kind of hanging around? The yeast is still working. That's why it's lagering. It's still working. It's eating this. It's changing yeah. that. Well, and you know, the change in pressure on the yeast, that'll affect it. it, it exactly. You can change the pressure on the yeast. They don't like that so much. Sometimes they'll explode, I've yeah. heard. That's pretty interesting. I had always thought it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't matter whether you carbonate or not. Do you also lager flat, Tasty? Yes, I do. You yes. do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good point, though, that not only the yeah. pressure, but the... Well, Think of what you're doing. You're not just letting the beer age. I mean, if you filtered it and stripped it all out and... It's done. Yeah, fine. Carbonated, yeah. Yeah, but you might as well. But what we want to do is we want the yeast... They're going to be working, but they're working slow. Yeah. And they're going to be uptake and releasing other compounds and mellowing the beer out. Things are going to be working that way. And if we put any more undue stress on the yeast than we need to... Right. Uh, when we don't have to. We're not going to be drinking it. Yeah. So they, the pressure is not going to like that, and they're probably not going to like the change in pH. See, so ever so slight it might be. 
Yeah, we ought to just start filtering so these guys will stop bitching about us not aging the beer Definitely. because it's the same difference. Then we don't right. have to wait. You probably drink it right out of so the filter. We <laughs> yeah, we'll just connect our mouths uh, to the other end of the filter. Filter it, shake it. You can be drinking it in two hours. I yeah, That's and these guys can quit crying about it. Built-in filter in the kegerator. I'm serious. We maybe ought to go get a filter. You know. What's your Wednesday beer? <laughs> yeah, you I don't know. What do you mean? I forgot about it. It's Friday. <laughs> Our Wednesday beer is what finished fermenting on Tuesday. <laughs> That's what our Wednesday beer is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, so we get... Uh, Lagering, carbonate. Lager, car- carbonation. Uh, I do forced carbonation. Uh, I do the shake, rock and roll method. Um, what I like to do is I, I change the quick disconnect, so I'm actually putting the CO2 in the beer out so mm-hmm. I can hear it bubble. Yeah. So I started at a lower pressure and i shake until i don't hear bubbles anymore and then i turn up pressure up and shake some more and you can hear you can as long as you can hear the co2 going in mm-hmm. and it's got to be cold look at your chart figure out where you're going to be yeah uh, uh th- th- this is another thing where you're, you're taking a little bit of a chance if you're new at the high pressure shake it method because you can overdo it forgive me if you know exactly what doc is talking about but i always know we have a few listeners and we're we're talking about the shake method like it's a common thing and it is but let me just dumb it down. So it's just a <laughs> way to it's to carbonate things really quickly instead of having to like if you were to let's say that you serve your beer uh, at uh, 12 pounds on your on your gauge there. You could carbonate your beer just by putting it to 12 pounds and letting it sit there for a week and it cold. would eventually cold. Yes. It would eventually then uh, and and that two weeks or glad so. you mentioned that doc the the you taught me this the colder the beer the the better it takes in the CO2. Yeah, yeah. the easier um, and the faster it'll take in. Yeah. So you could let it sit there for a week at 12 pounds it would eventually equalize you'd have a uh, a nice carbonated beer but a faster way to do it and this is the the shake method that doc's talking about you go ahead and crank that co2 up to about 30 pounds you can do a combination you can do just shake it at 12 pounds or you can raise the pre- raise the pressure too yeah and shake it yeah i'm all for that or you can if you're gonna do it just or you could just raise raise the pressure and leave it for a day or two and without shaking faster it. Yeah. yeah but if you i mean you could here's what happens i mean if you go up to 30 pounds and you shake it for five minutes uh it's carbonated like it's it's done it is carbonated it's, it's it, it, you got to get used to when when to stop doing that because yeah. if you shake that for 10 minutes too much? Be overcarbonated. Yeah. Right. That's why the chart, and we keep referring to this chart. There's charts available in almost the hum, all the good uh, how to brew kind of uh, include. In fact, it's in how to brew okay. uh, type books. And you look at the temperature of your beer, the pressure you want to get to, and it'll tell you the pressure to dial your uh, regulator into. And there you just shake until the until it stops going in. Ah. And then you then it's right. at that at that. So oh, like, I didn't even know so that. So yeah. yeah, you can leave it at twelve pounds and yeah. just shake. It takes longer. Oh yeah, it take a week. No, no, no. It takes longer, but by shaking it, <laughs> yeah. By shaking it, you're creating more surface area, kind of like splashing it inside there. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having just the the gas. Yeah. Liquid interface is just that little circle at the top of the keg. Yeah. By splashing it, you're actually getting it to Surface. to splash around in in the gas on t- in its in the gas space right. above that. So that that helps quite a bit. If you don't if you don't want to overcarbonate, that's the best way to do it. It's just set it at your pressure and keep shaking. It might take yeah. a while. I've heard of people that uh, they'll put it in the back seat of their car uh-huh. and drive it around. Really? Yeah, with a, with a with an on at twelve pounds, huh. and you take a little drive. That's around. how you got your wife to go into labor. No, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> that's I'll interesting. I never really thought of that. It's not very. It's not very environmentally friendly, though. 
I think Al Gore would have a heart attack. That's true. It isn't very... Unless well, maybe you have you're a going somewhere else anyway. You'd put it on the back of your bicycle, maybe. Yeah. But yes, it, exactly. Anyway, or uh, you could put it on top of the, the washing machine, the dryer. And you, yeah, just get it. You can put it on... Uh, Cross your knees, get a good right. rock song on the on the on the radio. Mm. You got a twelve year old kid, you know, play your buck. favorite song and just bounce it back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the point is, just beat it like it's your dick, and uh, yeah, it'll, it'll go fine. Beat it like your wife. I I, I want to say two things. First of all, Justin, thanks for dumbing that down for us. You did an awesome job. Are you being sarcastic no. right now? Because people no. always come back and they say, no, it was funny because you said that, and then Doc and McDole ended up and ended up talking for you. That yeah, was yeah. the joke. I see. I, Jerk. I, I didn't get. Second it. of all, in the chat. Room, they, uh, there's a new saying that you're going to justin it down. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I, thanks, um, guys. And then there's another guy in the chat that wants to know which method takes less gas. I'm assuming that no matter how you're carbonating, it's going to be the same amount of gas. Same right? amount of gas. Yeah, because it's, it's not. Go, you're not having to vent it anymore. Trying to get X amount of gas into the beer. Yeah. As long as you're not venting it off, it's going to go into the beer. We're just talking about how to get it in there faster. Yeah. And it's more important getting the right amount in there. So if you put it up to 30 pounds and shake too long, you can overdo it. And it's hard to get it back out again. You can, but it's it's hard to do. Yeah, you can always stop and test it. One one way is the the half and half method where you put it to 30 pounds, shake it for a while, and it won't be carbonated all the way. Then put it at your 12 pounds, put it back in your keg grater, and then a couple of days it'll be right where it should be instead of having to wait a week or two. Well, here's another thing I do. I set it to 30 for uh, 48 hours, and then I just set it to my 12 PSI. Mm -hmm. Next day it's fine. Yeah? Yeah. So you you have a three-day... 48 hours at 30, which is about the max. Okay. Or you can do... I have the problem where usually I need the beer the next day, the next morning, like for... Uh, oh, yeah, I drink a lot, a lot of them same night. For NorCal. Yeah, I exactly. need it for NorCal. The next day it's got to be shipped out. And right. I got four kegs I got to carbonate. And I'm, shaking, I'm, I'm 10 o'clock night, I'm in there shaking. <laughs> I got to get it done. Will you look at the chart and then set it to, like McDowell was talking I about? Usually, I usually use the chart for my keg rater uh, of... I know the temperature of the keg rater and I know how much... Uh, CO2 I need in there, and I want it to be a balanced system. Okay. That's mostly what I use the chart for. Because if you're pumping up to 30 pounds, you don't know, because you're going to cut it off before it gets equalized. Yeah, anyway. you, know, you know what the 30 pounds thing, I've, through experience, I know when it slows up to a certain point, right. and I, I know do, when I got it. I can just... I can read the bubbles. I, I don't know like, whether I'm at 12 or 14. You're like a beer Jedi. Yeah. You just do uh, a number of times I've done it. That's what I said yeah. at the very beginning. You'll Jedi. know. It's yeah. a Zen thing, you know? It's, it is a Zen thing. You have to be one with your beer. Yes. You know? I, I rarely overcarbonate anymore because I know how long to do it and how, how, what the bubbles are going to be sounding like when they're coming through. It's very Zen, both of you. You guys are like Buddhas. <laughs> That's that chart's in How to Brew, you say, Tasty? Yeah, I believe it. The yeah. book How to Brew, mm-hmm. available in the Brewing Network brew. store. Yeah. yeah. It's another Where good can you reason. get that book? Thebrewingnetwork.com slash store, and it's signed by John Palmer, the author himself. I heard he put a couple of special signatures. There are five, five golden, tickets. golden tickets in the in the oh. boxes I'm looking at with special signings. I don't even know what they are. I just know that they're special signings. Right. So is that the surprise announcement you're talking about? No. Oh, I still have a groundbreaking I mean, it's better than that? announcement to make, yes. Oh it's going to rock everyone's world. You're going to want to stick rock around. <laughs> All right, Doc, what else do we got? So now we got it carbonated. We spent some time on that. Now um, you drink it, bro. We're drinking, right? Yeah, we're drinking it. Yeah, that's my favorite part of this brew day. <laughs> uh, okay, good. I got to say, Doc, uh, in all honesty, uh, I, I'm excited about brewing right now. 
This this conversation has got well, you, me. You know what's ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been. I got to be honest. Since our uh, New Year's motorcycle trip, I've been obsessed with my motorcycle. I'm I'm eat. I, like I think about it all the time. I've been spending all of my spare time fixing up the motorcycle and work. Like that's my new hobby. Right. I've had it for a long time, but I've just be. I got really enthusiastic about it. So I had kind of forgotten about the brew thing for a couple of weeks. You got me all excited about brewing again now. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, uh, this discussion was uh, was good for me. I liked it. Was it was it good for you, Shat? Damn it! Now we're fighting for fermenters. <laughs> I know. Now we're back to fight for. Shat was loving it when I didn't want to brew. I didn't. I don't have time for that. I'm doing other things. No, I'm back. Son of a bitch. I'm back in there now. Mm. This was. Uh, it's good to hear about your process because uh, you really have it dialed in, and that helps guys like me because I, could, I can just take a lot from that. It, just, it makes the brew day less stressful, and it's that's when it's fun. Yeah. Instead of don't you know you can sit down and say uh, don't worry have a homebrew, but unless you got unless you actually works yeah, yeah. drinking more to sell them helps yeah that, uh, <laughs> yeah drink more that's, that'll that'll cut down on the stress. JP, did you learn anything from today's discussion about yourself or your brewing? Yeah, I'm, that you're what? J- yeah, you're JP. Oh, um, <laughs> I learned I learned that uh, that uh, I like turtles. Mm-hmm. Turtles. Yeah. Well, see, Doc, you're helping everybody today. Yeah, good. <laughs> did I learn? Um, uh. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Would you like to elaborate? Uh, no. Is, it's your it's, own little self lesson? Yeah, it's best kept private. I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, way to get through that. Uh, 888-401-BEER. You can still join us in the chat. When we come back, I have to take a quick break right now. It's, uh, I think it's a five-minute break. Uh, we're going to go take a leak. We're going to refill. Groundbreaking announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Coming up on the Brewing Network, on the session. It's only our uh, it's only our second session of the new year, yeah. and we're already breaking ground. Better get a beer. Yeah, I was just thinking you and Shat need a sign-up list for the Conical, or for the for the for who gets it. Yeah, Sign-out sheet. <laughs> Sign-out sheet. Hang in there. We'll be right back, kids. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. Oh, what is the moment? Liquor, what 
Milk gets you drunker quicker. What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, beer. but I'd rather chug it. Beer. Got my belly out to here. I could not refuse it. I could really use a beer. 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 I can't remember how much I have had. I drank a 12-pack with my dad. That's my son, the drunken, manly stud. I'm proud to be his bud. Here, have some pretzels. No, I'll call it quits. Those things give me the schlitz. <laughs> drink with your family. Drink it with your friends. Drink till you're fat. Stomach distends. Beer is liquid bread. It's good for you. We like to drink till we spew. We see once more. What is the multiplicker? What gets you drunker quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, Beer. but I'd rather chug it. Beer. Got my belly out to here. Golly, I adore it. Beer. Come on, damn it, pour it. Do it for me. Brew it for me. Feed it to me. Speed it to me. Beer. The most wonderful drink in the world. Hooray! What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab's yeast? WLP 001. Cal Ale, baby. 23, Burton Ale. 008 East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP 810. It's going to be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't. 